Grapevine. Hello and welcome to the Saladcast on Sunday the 6th of December 2015. I'm your host Dan Train. Joining me today, Zachary Burgess. Grapevine. <laughs> grapevine. I heard it through the grapevine. <laughs> <laughs> the grapevine. What game has a character called Ayn in it? Isn't there one? Well, are like you an RPG about the of some kind? From, um, the dog from Cowboy Bebop. Oh, no. Yeah, I think I am, actually. Yes. That is so actually Ayn just means one in Japanese. Yeah, I know. I so, that Ayn. Yeah. Like, so, in, in German. In Jeopardy. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's yeah. Jeopardy. It's yeah, yeah. Sorry. Wrong one. So why is it one? Why do they use German? There's no German thing to do with. Or I don't. There's Bebop. some reason why he's kind of called Ein, right? Because he's the data dog, right? There's no data dog. There's no way data to dog. tell if they. That's a sort of classic thing in animes, isn't it? There's no way to tell if they're if it's all in Japanese. But are they Japanese? Yeah, well, like sometimes they're not, and they just talk Japanese. Well, they <laughs> eat know? like um, quite a lot of noodles and stuff. But I mean, I suppose that doesn't. That could just be convenient space food, though. That's true. <laughs> The, Jap- the Japanese do like their German, though, in fairness. That's true. They do like, you know, there's a lot of, like, historical sort of World War-esque... Well, that's just because anime World that War's they... a convenient yeah. thing to base things off, as always. And they sort of end up coming up with an odd mismatch of, of like, allied forces and German style. Oh, they're saying to, it, might be sh- it might be short for Einstein because he's so clever. Ah, uh, of course. But I don't know about that. Ein. Ein. Because he's the first data dog. Now that, I, now that I think about it, doesn't Einstein just basically mean one mug? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Oh dear. Because oh. everything in German is... is, that, is that Albert one Einstein. mug. Is that like a description of how much coffee you can drink or like how, how, many, how many beers you have before, before he's under the table? Yeah, it's exactly. Like, it only takes one mug for you to convince him of relativity. <laughs> Apparently, I read the other day that his he said his number one idea was relativity, and his number two idea was putting an egg in with the soup or something, so that when you're done, you don't waste two pans and you have like a, a nicely done egg as well as the soup or something like that. I'm not sure it's that's, that's possible. That's, that's, that's kind of yeah, a lot of one pot meals. I think sort of yeah. randomly throw in like a an egg in, don't they? That's that, genius, that except like, oh, for like why, <laughs> like. I mean, sure, if you want a boiled egg at some point in the future. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. That's what he said. genius. Apparently he had egg, boiled egg, along with, like, super meals quite a lot. So, Well, I mean, you wouldn't necessarily have to have it at the same time. You no, could, like, you could keep the, it for Put it in the fridge and have it no. for a sandwich later or something. See, it is a genius idea. Except <laughs> it would be kind of inconvenient because you'd have to, like, fish it out of the soup and then probably wash it off if you were going to keep it for any amount of time. It depends, yeah, if you, unless you want that slight soupy flavouring to yeah. make it slightly less boring. Well, that's the other question is, does any of the soup flavour penetrate the egg? It's a good question. <laughs> is it, yeah, what you mean, like pickling an egg where yeah. the pickle gets into the egg? Yeah, but pickle is, like, a really strong vinegary... Well, it is vinegar, isn't it? And also, you don't pickle it with the shell on, usually. Oh, right. You reckon he was, he was cooking well, yes. it with the shell? Oh, I thought <laughs> yeah. he was like boiling an egg apart from inside the well, I thought he was just cracking <laughs> it open and like yeah. poaching it. No, I don't think he just puts it in. I think it's self-contained within its shell. I don't think he like puts it into the soup. Because otherwise, it would just be adding to the soup. Egg soup. <laughs> egg soup, yeah. I don't know what that would be like. Poaching. Probably just fine, right? I don't like poached eggs. What's the deal with poaching eggs? Really? Oh, poached no. eggs are nice. 
they're not really that different from boiled eggs. <laughs> you sort of put them with hollandaise sauce on a nice bit of bread. Mm. Maybe I need to give them another try. I think I got put off by like probably by like McDonald's disgusting breakfast when I yeah, was like seven those not egg well, eggs. Not, <laughs> oh, I think my granddad <laughs> made the they are ac- ones. I didn't like it or something. Uh, aren't they well. actually eggs now? The McDonald's one. They just put them in those like weird cups so they form a perfect sort of exact puzzling shape. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think so. I had um, McDonald's breakfast the other day, and it was actually quite nice, but I didn't go for the egg one. They had different alternatives, including the bacon roll, and um, there was like a sausage, you know, the sausage patty that goes with the egg in the McMuffin or whatever it is. Oh, yeah, yeah. They had that in the, something the else. The burger-style sausage. Uh, yeah, exactly. So it's like, it's sausage meat, but it's in a yeah. burger patty. Yeah, a sausage they, patty. Yeah, they had something similar to that, more burgery, but... Um, just with that and stuff, and that was nice. Hmm. Yeah. Basically, what you want is McDonald's to just have their normal menu <laughs> in the mornings. I know, I know, I know. But you can't <laughs> even get that, can you? There's that famous scene no. in that movie, but I would be the opposite. I can't remember the movie, but there's one where he absolutely freaks out because he's one minute late for the breakfast, and they flip the signs over, and he can't get the breakfast, and they're like, no. but it's right there behind you. Just give it to me. And they're like, no, sir. And then he like totally freaks out. But I would be like, no, give me a quarter pound. <laughs> it's freaking McDonald's. Yeah. I think 24-hour ones must do. No, do they? I mean, what's the point of having a McDonald's that's yeah, open they? 24 hours and then you can only get like certain things at certain times? Like when do they start serving the breakfast? Like four in the morning or something? Or I, mean, I guess, yeah. That's a good question. There's one down the street from me, but I obviously I've never been there since past like normal times. Then, one that's 24 hours, did- I mean. Like, perhaps like doing the breakfast for like business reasons makes a bit of sense, right? You know, they might stop doing breakfast type foods like just because not many people order breakfast at this point in the day. But then, I don't know, like, do they actually have to swap equipment around that stops them from making the regular menu? Or probably the staff not tra- are the staff on not- Yeah, or are the staff not trained so they can't? Oh, I'm, I'm not. I'm not trained to use the uh, for this shift the, yeah. egg, the egg shaper. For the egg poacher it's... thing. Yeah, I imagine they make it simple enough to... I don't know, though. They probably have to train everyone and everything, just in case. Yeah. You'd think. It's like, no, I'm only on packaging. I'm, I'm only allowed to close the boxes. <laughs> you get a little gold star for that if you've been doing that for 10 years or whatever, closing yeah. boxes. Or was it... Oh, or I'm, I'm only on letter sculpting. <laughs> Yeah, the, burger, think, the burger but, comes partially formed to me and I try and sculpt the lettuce so it's within the bounds of the burger of which nobody has really that. achieved this. Yeah, no one can ever succeed. No gold cells for that. Yeah, yeah. Very seldom. Only the ones they're taking photos of. Although apparently there's yes. aren't anything like the actual burgers, the ones they take photos of. No, of course of. not. I mean, the classic bullshot technique is to make a burger that's like half the size. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so the lettuce looks huge. Yeah, and the burger looks super beefy. Well, of course, the giveaway is the sesame seeds because they look massive. <laughs> yeah, they look giant. It's really bizarre. Yeah. I, d- I think suppose I if you're being really that? picky, you'd look at that little like bit of condensation they'll put on the side of the tomato slices or whatever that glisten, and be all like, "Oh, that's a plastic that's spray." Just a solid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's weird. The weird world of fast food bullshit photos. Food bullshots. 
I wonder if it's the same company that do you think they do there's a special company that does that or do you think like McDonald's yes. have an in-house department or do you think like oh, Burger King yeah, is okay. one day and McDonald's the other day or something you know what? I reckon they both have agencies. I don't reckon they're part of the company because right, I'm not sure yeah. they'd have quite enough to do to have their own department. Yeah, I mean maybe McDonald's, but they're huge. They maybe they have one department that does it internationally or something for every single. It's probably maybe, but then that international office would have to be able to get all the burgers in that's, that's being true. made across the entire world. So they'd need the biggest, most extravagant version of a McDonald's kitchen. <laughs> that's true. It's just a, it's just a sub part of, of TV ad, advertisement companies, I'm sure. They probably just, it's like, while you're doing the TV ads, also I, take an actual nice photo of this burger as well. I do know of a company <laughs> in Norwich whose primary role is to basically take um, branding photos of yep. products for supermarkets. Well, that's supermarkets, though. They need a lot of pictures and stuff, not exactly. just TV. Yeah, it's one of those things, like, yeah, they need to take the pictures, don't need to put them up on their websites now. And yeah. To track them that way. So they get these agencies in to do it all for them. I should probably know more about this, given I work in an advertising agency. But <laughs> I don't go down <laughs> well, like, yeah. in the office that has the, the production people that do the TV efforts and stuff. Ooh, they actually they actually had to do that stuff with your phone. Yeah, they do, yeah. It's called um Cream <laughs> with a K. Cream. Yeah, they make various TV efforts. But I don't so I don't I I come in late on a most days. <laughs> but on the Monday they have a company meeting type thing, not like town hall thing. And often they'll play their latest TV advert, but like I can't don't turn up most of the time. And also it's insanely loud. They for some reason they they have their sound system turned out really high in there. So it's like advertising. Yeah, exactly. Because usually I don't buy our shit. I don't see TV advertising much, and like so, and and usually I'm I'm deliberately not paying attention to it when it's on. So when it's like, look at this advert, I'm like, and my brain is literally trying to, well, it's trying to tell me not to watch it while it's being yeah, blasted in see, my face. We well, see. I think that's yeah. That's the problem with like at least with uh, maybe it's a thing as you get older, I guess. But like that that sort of that mix that adverts have on TV, right? Yeah. That sort of super compressed, super loud yeah. um, sound mix. That just makes my brain go, ah, oh, get away, get away. Yeah, exactly. it's like there's, there's like I have a gut reaction to it. That's just like, oh, yeah. Man. Imagine if you countered the loudness wars by just having like a nice wide dynamic range. So you you thought, hang on, is this the show starting again? <laughs> you know, yeah. and had like quiet moments in your advert. That would be really weird. I don't know if you really, really dramatise George Clooney selling you an espresso, espresso, espresso machine. Just yeah, imagine yeah, how, yeah. How, how freaky that would be, especially if the film you were watching at the time had George Clooney George in it. Clooney, yeah. You're in the middle of watching Up in the Air, say, and then he's like just quite casually having a coffee and yeah. then just smiles at the camera and you're just like, this film's taken an odd direction. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought this was about him firing people, but no, it's about him drinking coffee. I want that coffee machine. <laughs> <laughs> Product placement's got a little dubious. Yeah, arms. exactly. It's going a bit far. Oh, I've been enjoying, like, I wasn't sure about this season of South Park at, at first, but I've been enjoying the latest episodes because it's kind of all about adverts <laughs> and how they're taking over the world. Yeah, I see they've been, they've been aggressively tweeting that, and I'm guessing that's part of the joke. Probably, yeah. Like, it's probably the fact that they've the been joke. marketing this episode about marketing yeah, so, so aggressively. I haven't actually watched like, any of the new season. But, but it's got one well, part of the joke is that Jimmy 
has a special ability that he can tell the difference between um, uh, a piece of a real news article and an advert, and no one else can do it. <laughs> he's the only one who can <laughs> figure out the difference. <laughs> and they test him, like, and he's going, that's an ad, that's an ad, that's real news, that's, oh, wait, no, that's actually a, an advert for cat food. No, yeah. <laughs> it's really cool. Oh, I know this as as because it's the, the episode's called like sponsored content, and the other day I had to put those fucking tabula sorry uh, for for swearing, but uh, the tabula adverts into i one hundred. You know tabula, they like provide sponsored those sponsored links things. So it's like yeah, a ah, yes, you know, yeah. I've seen that because um, I've noticed like I don't know how much you've been if if you guys have been using Edge much or something, but you know Edge has that sort of dashboard page, right. Like you know, and MSN for fire up IE. No, no, edge, no, no. Ed, edge the browser. Yeah. All oh, right. No, I haven't used it. It's like because that does. But I think that has like the MSN slider on it, and even right. if you fire up IE, like for you know some stuff you need to do with IE. Yeah. And you know, my one still launches into MSN. You see the slider, like at least on those, like they put into their main news slider every now and then, like a few articles, and you can see a tiny little writing underneath that's like provided by Taboola or something. Right. There you go. Taking over the click, world, or clickbait. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> they're, they're, like they often have very obvious names. It's like, like, oh, by that'd be great. If they were or... Clickbait. That would be brilliant. Yeah, ad stream. Yeah, this is, a, this is a clickbait article. Just be out there. Just you know, just say it. It's like, yeah, we know this is shit, but you're gonna read it anyway. <laughs> I love how um, the onions um, Buzzfeed parody is called click hole <laughs> you ever been on that <laughs> it's <laughs> really funny good. it's really well made yeah did we talk about on the podcast about clickbait robot before yeah uh, that was a good one that's a good one there's a twitter feed called clickbait robot go check it out okay. it just makes up garbage like the like really ridiculous things like the, the good one from the other day was um um like why i quit club penguin by gary barlow <laughs> <laughs> Or ninety-five times that George Osborne has looked like bees, you know, really <laughs> it, things things that make no sense whatsoever. But they they're like following the same pattern as clickbait articles. Is it just one of those like Markov chain things? Have you ever tri- tried that where you you feed in like uh, you give it a corpus, like you feed in all the headlines over the past year or whatever, and then it, it it's actually quite good at creating new ones just using machine learning. Huh? Yeah, Markov chains, pretty cool. Oh yeah, maybe maybe it's something similar. Yeah, it's really dumb. It is quite funny just to like come up and see that on your feed every now and then. It's super dumb. Super you know what dumb. Else is super dumb. What is super dumb? Fucking Chrome. Well, yeah, Chrome is frequently super dumb. Why? What's it up- now? They fucking updated. Yeah. To make to swap to swap when you right click an image, open image with new tab to the top and then save image underneath it whereas they right. were the other way around before they moved it so my right. muscle memory is completely fucked now and I'm constantly opening images in new tabs instead of saving them <laughs> I always thought save was in the middle no it was always at the top on just images yeah, if you were right clicking a link it's in like further down like linked image rather hey I just had a big like you know the biggest problem I've had with Chrome recently was my inability to close tabs which I think we've talked about before where it would just well, crash your browser or your mouse tendency to open like three tabs oh yeah that's my mouse's problem yeah, yeah. if I middle click a link it will open like four of them oh that's quite <laughs> but bad the trouble the thing about the, the like the changing of the context menu is like they probably have been like 
taking data forever and been like, oh, this option is used more than this option, so we should swap them around because yeah, that's sure. the advantage of the usability. But A, that fucks everyone equally because both sides have had their muscle memory trade to whichever one it was, and now they're both opposite. <laughs> it's kind of one of those things, like, if they're... Oh. One of those things like, yeah, yeah, I get the ideas that people go through about this sort of analysis and it's like, oh, we should put the most commonly used stuff at the top, right? But it's then, when you've been doing it for so long, moving things is a bad idea. Yeah. I'm looking at you, Office Ribbon. It's like, as much as I liked you and you're actually somewhat more discoverable and more sensible in some ways, most people hate you because you can't find anything in it because you're not used to where everything went. You know, it's that kind of problem. Yeah. Mm. So it's like, and that's what most people complain about mobile UIs, right? It's because they, yeah, they, they, it's just most... like buttons that have no labels and yeah, stuff. Yeah, it's the Wild West of garbage interface. <laughs> yeah, so it's like, that's the first problem with it, that they've swapped them both so everyone's equally fucked. But the second problem with it is they seem to have forgotten what the word context means in the context of context menu. <laughs> <laughs> right because say say you've right clicked on an image and you've opened it in a new tab so you've just got a tab with an image in yeah. and the address bar ends in dot jpeg it's yeah. just a jpeg but it's got yeah. a new tab right click that image the top menu option is still open in a new tab so you just right click it and open it and it just duplicates it and it's like context menu that means get rid of that because that's not actually useful any longer yeah that's that's pretty dumb <laughs> Well, no, yeah, that's true. It's, it's just I mean, rendered that image into a blank HTML page in order to render it, and then it has exactly yeah. the same thing as everything else. <laughs> so that's why that happens, but it's pretty dumb. I mean, the, the counter-argument to paradigms like that is that, you know, if you right-click and it shows something different and it's not what you expect, even regardless of context, then that's what, you know, because it's different, you go, oh, well, I don't know what I'm doing now. Or you can just grey it out so you can't click it when yeah. it's <laughs> in a tab by itself already. Either of those options would be nice. So yeah, I've been annoyed for like a couple of weeks where it's just like I'm opening new tabs all the time. I might just have to start drag dropping into a desktop folder or something. Is there not a keyboard shortcut for just say? I don't know, because it would have to be contextual to under the mouse. No, uh, yeah, I suppose that wouldn't work. Yeah. Or you'd have to select it somehow, yeah. which is pretty awkward in itself. It's just annoying. Boo, Google. Can't you just drag Long the click. image onto your desktop or wherever you want it? Well, that's what I'm thinking it was starting to do, but that's like, then I have How to not have it maximized. Yeah, it does work. <laughs> I suppose it's fine if you've got two monitors, right? You just drag to the other Yeah, monitor. but then that's really far away. Then you're dragging <laughs> like miles. Mm. What about the, the Apple-like solution would be long click, right? Or if yeah. they had like touch-sensitive words, hard click that image. Yeah, exactly. Well, it is now, the long click is now the the hard click, hard in, click. In, in the newer phones that have the 3D touch or so-called, which just has force-sensitive touch or whatever. Click it harder. Is it actually force-sensitive? Right, wait. Yeah, no so press about hard, that. Is it, is it, it yeah, yeah, but quickly, yeah. Old touchpads used to be able to do that because they worked on the theory of um, how much surface area your finger of your finger yeah, was Yeah, I don't think it uses display. the same... I don't think it's the same technology. I think it's a different technology to achieve the same right. sort of effect. Pretty yeah, sure. Because that, yeah. that stuff used to be around like years and years ago. And it was actually, that's actually quite a clever solution to the problem. Like, totally. If there's more surface area on the pad, it's like you can assume your finger is pressing harder. I think but, it Of course, that falls has... down slightly when you have people with giant fingers. But Yeah. I think they actually have, I think, yeah, but some kind of pressure sensitivity thing. Hmm. And it has like oh, a weird ha haptic uh, feedback, you know, little um, vibrator 
pod, whatever, that gives you a different feedback to just the normal phone vibration. Taptic engine. Oh, yeah. Oh, that thing that's in the watch. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's in the phone or whatever. I haven't tried it, actually. I need, I think someone I know has got a... Oh, no, they've probably got a 6 Plus or whatever. It's the 6S that has the forced thing in it. The new new, the yeah. new one. Yeah. The new new. New new. News. News. <laughs> news. 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 Been in Morocco. That's not news. I That's have like no news. I have. I was on holiday, not playing video That's games. That's not news for this podcast. <laughs> well, I don't know, unless you can tell us what, what the, what's the... Game scene in Morocco. Yeah, exactly. What's going on in Morocco? What are the arcades like in Morocco? I didn't DDR see it. Champion? I saw one like arcade machine in an old back alley or something that was like a Street Fighter or something like that. So that's Sweet. about all I, I managed to see. I didn't see many people playing um playing DSs or anything like that around. In fact, I <laughs> you didn't get any street passes. No, no, exactly. Sweet yeah. Moroccan street pass. Yeah, that's I don't think it is. Game of street pass. There's like you can it recalls the country of every street pass. So oh, you can get achievements for getting so many different countries. Maybe maybe that's the only reason I should get a DS for when I go to Japan, right? I'll just bring a bring a DS and get all those sweet Japanese street passes. Yeah, you definitely to, will. You'd never be able to stop doing it because it can only store ten at once. So you'd have to be constantly checking it. Oh, ten a day, I'm happy enough. I get like a hundred street passes. More than I'll ever get. <laughs> So what's Morocco? <laughs> what's Morocco? <laughs> well, it's a country in northern Africa. <laughs> yeah. Morocco. Yeah. Uh, no, it's cool. Um, so I went to Marrakesh, uh, which is mm. like the big city. I don't know if it's the capital. I don't think it probably isn't. Anyway, um, it's like a medieval walled city with a new city outside or whatever. But the medieval walled city is all pretty much you know the same streets that it was i.e really really narrow and tiny and warren like and impossible to find your way around and you can't really use a map because there's people there going hey i will show you where to go come with me i'll walk you completely the wrong way and then and then ask okay. you for money <laughs> so no, that's really annoying. yeah but it's mm-hmm. super busy yeah you get hassled constantly which is very irritating i think that happens in and um less Most- um yeah. Well, I don't know. Most tourist destinations have some level of that, right? Because it's like in in Venice, you can't go two feet without someone going gondola, gondola. That's true, but yeah, this is a little bit more pushy than that, I think. <laughs> anyway, well, you get that sort of in Cambridge that you can like come on the get, get come. Do you want to come on a punt or whatever? But it's a bit more polite <laughs> uh, than like uh, yeah, and a bit less dodgy. It was slightly dodgy to be honest, especially because. <laughs> right, darling, what a punt! Yeah, what a punt. <laughs> Yeah, I was with two girls, so it was, uh, yeah, slightly more difficult. But super nice food, really pretty. It was um, 24, 25 degrees or something, um, even though it was November. And um, like cloudless skies. And then we spent like two days in Essaouira, which is on the coast, which is a bit more relaxed because it's smaller and just had a beach and shit. It was nice. And nice fish, obviously. Fresh fish from the Atlantic Ocean. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, so it was cool. And I have returned. Awesome, awesome. Yeah. Where it is actually not as cold as it really should be. No, it's not. Man, really man it's like sucking. I, I gather it's, it like, was... it's, it's so fucking hot in my room all the time. I really? think it was it's like it's November. <laughs> it was coldest when I was away in in the heat or whatever. I think that yeah, we had, was we the had coldest. a very 
we had a very brief spell of it actually being yeah. a little bit chilly. But yeah. now it's, like, it's like, what's going on? People complaining yeah, it's that it's cold. December it's now, and yeah. it's like I, rem- I don't know. My memories of November, like especially. I don't know, bonfire nights or whatever as a kid. Yeah. It was yeah. It's always the coldest thing imaginable, even though there's a bonfire yeah. somehow. Yeah. I don't know what's going worst. on. I think we're going to pay for it, though, because I think it's going to be fucking ice and snow in March or something. You know oh, how that, that happens. It would be unusual. That has yeah. happened. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. snow in April once. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. We had April's a weird... not either that uncommon, really. Yeah. Is it not... Not really. I mean, not that much, though, most of the time, <laughs> obviously. It's weird. It's April feels like, in my mind, April is cold and May is really hot. <laughs> I don't know what happens then. It like, yeah. flips over. It, it flips exactly so that it's fucking boiling when you go to take exams or something at, like, the end of May. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that is the hottest possible time. <laughs> is it May? Oh, you do exams? Yeah. Or is it June? It's more like no. June, usually. Yeah. yeah well, it varies. Yeah, May, May to June. But yes, I remember that well. It was like, it's quite nice actually sometimes when you know, used to do exams and they used to put you in like the sports centre or something because it's like... Large open room that's lo- usually cold. Yeah, and has pretty decent air conditioning normally. Relatively. Well, you know, it's got a, it's got usually got filled with a lot of active hot bodies. I suppose. <laughs> the aircon needs to be pretty good. Active or at least functioning. <laughs> oh dear. Indeed. Any kitchen exactly. news? Yeah. <laughs> no. Oh, no my, light, my light's just flickered. No! I'm still having that. No kitchen news! I had my bitching about Chrome. That was my, that oh, was that my was your... internet bitching. Uh, okay. We need something the wrong of bitching for the internet. That is like the Twi- weakest Twitching bitching? bitching? <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> twitching? Well, how does that relate to the internet? Because Twitch, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) If it was specifically complaining about streaming uh, online video services uh, aimed at gamers, then maybe. Then it it could be Twitch and bitching, but otherwise I'm not sure Zach's much of a bird watcher. So it's... (laughs) It'd be blinking bitching. Half no pheasant, of course. Half no pheasant, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, in that case, we might have to move on to actual news. Yeah. News! News! What's going on? It's, it's official. I will be going to Japan, by the way. That's news. What? Okay. Oh, it's, it's, it's on. next year. Sweet. It's on. It's official. Are you going to squeeze in some gaming-related uh, visits alongside the more oh, I see if I could standard sneak stuff? into Super Potato. I don't know. <laughs> Sweet. It probably might be unavoidable if we end up accidentally, on purpose, walking through Akihabara. You know? Well, these things happen. Yeah. It's going to be crazy. I'm going to get those sweet Japanese street passes. I don't know. This is part of the thing, right? I don't actually have a portable gaming machine, but I'm thinking I might have to get one for the flight or something. Yeah. It's going to be a long like, flight. Cause, yeah. I don't know. I, I have tried to use my uh, iPads and stuff for, you know, well, it was a long, long time ago now, when I, that last, last time I did a long flight. But it's like, I don't know. After a while, an iPad doesn't really cut it. I probably need to be doing something to know more proper gaming. <laughs> you might be able to play XCOM 2 on an iPad. I don't know if they'll release that. Oh, Probably not in time. No, probably not. If at all in time. 
I'm probably up for another XCOM though. I was listening like I, I had. Uh, I was thinking about Massive Chalice because the, the, the soundtrack came on while I was doing some work the other day. And it's like, man, this game was actually pretty good. But it wasn't as good as XCOM. <laughs> oh, yeah, XCOM 2 is nearly out. Well, oh, yeah. maybe. <laughs> well, it's early next year, isn't it? Not early, but... Yeah. Theoretically yeah. early next year. Yeah. <laughs> Still plenty of time to delay it. I was about to say, have we, have we actually got a, got a date for it? Or... I, think, I, said... I think there is one. March-ish or something. March-ish. I don't even remember. I <laughs> saw it and I was like, that's way too far away to care about. <laughs> February 5th. So that's like not no. at all. So March. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you reckon it's going to have another, at least another 30 days to yeah, Probably. I don't feel like anything that they've said is coming out in February of next year is actually going to come out in February. There's been several things that are in that time zone. It's like, that's no one releases in February. Well, Exxon 2 was originally like November, <laughs> so they've obviously delayed it already to yeah. do po- po- um, polish on that. So maybe they'll delay it again, or maybe, maybe it will come out on the 5th of February. So news on this 20... 20- what day is it? It's not I already said <laughs> you're getting ahead of yourself yeah, slightly no. there. I, I, my note, I got confused because I was about to read the news on, and it's like, wait, hang on. I, I originally started this note on the 25th of November. So <laughs> let's see. Well, <laughs> like, well, that confused me for a second. What have I got so, here? I, I haven't got a lot, to be honest. I've got some, I've got some pants news. Okay, I've got a few things here. Almost literally pants news. Let's listen Two to away, X-Stream 3 will not be leaving Japan. Well... That makes sense after that vote where they fucked up all the characters. Well, they started a bit, and, and they didn't help themselves here because they started a little bit of like controversy by saying, "Yes, it won't be leaving Japan because of the way girls are represented in the West, or something like there was like it, it wouldn't be uh, it wouldn't make cultural sense or something like." And they were just, they were just like, "Wait, what, what are you talking about?" We like boobs was basically the internet's reaction. Yes, <laughs> you don't like right. specific, specifically the kinds of boobs that Japan likes. Yeah, I guess. It's like that, that's basically Japan saying we're all perverts, which is actually a good thing for everyone else. It's like no one else should be pissed off about that. People in Japan should be pissed off about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <in> a <laughs> it, it was a bit strange, but yeah, that's still not happening. And, and I think. Um, I forget who publishes Team Ninja's stuff. Maybe it's Tecmo. I don't know. Um, like, yeah, they, someone had to come out and say, yes, the, the, this uh, individual's remarks were not representative of the company. Yeah, naturally. <laughs> but still, sexism, I think, was how that press release went or something. It doesn't still. really make any sense or... Oh, Christ. Okay, well, whatever. It also is slightly, more slightly worrying that that game had fans. I don't know. <laughs> it's not really a game. No, exactly. It's like a really um like elaborate booby simulator <laughs> <laughs> press r to zoom yeah. so there's that Speaking of r <laughs> <laughs> great transition republic commando you remember that i do and no? that was quite fun i enjoyed that game that's and one of the best star wars games like the concept of it yeah it's yeah. a bit of a shame I've, it had I've to be been... set in prequel times but i guess that's the only way was that before or after Metroid Prime? Because it did the visor thing, right? It was around the same like, time, I think. Yeah. yeah, it had that sort of like in helmet look to it. It did, yeah. And it was kind of cool. 
but uh, finally, a group of people have taken it upon themselves to mod it in order so it will work on modern PCs, and they've oh, like right. done some graphics enhancements while they were there, like uh, fixing bump maps and upping the resolution so it will run in 4K, giving your character legs. Right. Cool. There you go. You can actually play nice. this game again. It wasn't that good, to be honest. It got to no, the point no, where like, a... fighting the um, the battle droids was a bit repetitive. And like, It was one of those B-tier games in, yeah. in, in an age where B-tier games were quite frequent. But, mm. you know, I'm, I'm quite partial to a B-tier game, so it's that's yeah. fine by me. It's fun. Right, what have I got here, news-wise? Uh, so, Steam... Right, this, this news actually came out before the Steam sale happened. The Black Friday nonsense. Anyone get anything good in Black Friday? No, I basically nope. wouldn't. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, in, in Christmas general, is coming, god damn it. I mean, well, yeah, but this is the whole point, right? You're supposed to use Black Friday in order to buy people Christmas presents. It's not how that works, obviously. Get it on the day, well, clearly. That's how it's, it's done. Game. That's how we do it. Well, well yes, for, the, for, for, for Steam game sales, yes, of course it is. For, for normal presents. <laughs> as opposed to at least try, I guess. Because deals. Uh, yeah, so the news came out before Black Friday happened that the Steam sales are set to change thanks to a leaked memo from Steam to its, um, I don't know, publishers, I suppose. Um, that you know, they're, they're dropping, uh, they've basically dropped the concept of the daily, um, the daily bargains, and that while the sale is on, the sale price is the sale price. So there's no more trying to gain those four hour flash deals or whatever. But there's um, no more last minute rush, in other words. No. Where all the all the old deals come back for the last day and everyone gets fucked. <laughs> so the way that the memo was like written is like it makes it sound like when you're on Steam, for instance, you, you give Steam, you give Valve, for instance, like two a, a range of discounts. Like you say, this is our uh, yeah. this, if if we this I've is the minimum discount we want to give and this is our sale discount. I've heard about um, that before. Yeah. And if um and during these big sales, for instance, the Valve it was the Valve had the discretion to be able to say, okay, for some of it we're going to put it at you know, a lower than max rate, and then for the daily deals we'll do the max rate. Say, um, but the memo basically said that no, actually this is going to change. So during the duration of one of our big sales, it will always be at your max approved discount rate. So I guess the interesting thing now is, does that mean publishers are just going to put their max discount lower? And does that mean that consumers aren't going to get so good of a deal? But in actual fact, are consumers just winning because of the fact you no longer have to rush or time your purchases or right. feel that pressure of being like, oh, shit, do I get this? There's only like 10 minutes left. Oh, hmm. What do you think then? I don't know. I mean, it's all kind of unknown. I mean, looking at those, yeah. I, I didn't think the sale was amazing. The Black Friday no, no. one. I didn't, they, I, I they didn't never stumble are upon any. It's like the, the big one. <laughs> The Christmas one, yeah. Or the summer one's okay. Yeah. Some one can be fine, yeah. But I didn't, I didn't spot anything that was super amazing. Um, you know, the, you know, half price off Witcher three, I suppose, was a reasonably good deal, given that that game is what normally fifty quid or something, and they dropped it to twenty five. That's not terrible. Um, you know, Metal Gear had a tenner off. No, that's good. Uh, yeah, so it was, it was all right. It's all right. I'm just. I'm not sure. There's a, a a great list of games on there that uh, I'm really after at the moment, which perhaps like nullifies it a little bit. Like I was more interested in at the moment. My list is kind of consisting mostly of like indie games and stuff like that. And most of the ones of those I was after were only very subtly discounted. 
like that sort of <laughs> token 33% gesture. I don't know. <laughs> it's like, where's my 50s? Where's my 75s, yo? <laughs> and then the, that makes those indie games too cheap. But there's, there's, they don't make any money at that point. Where it's like, oh, this indie game is now free quid. <laughs> yeah, but it will get, it will get bought <laughs> for that one. It's one of those, yeah, obviously it's a balancing act with like sales and stuff like that. And it's, but yeah, I don't know. It didn't feel as impressive, but I guess it's because it's only a mini sale as opposed to the big sale. So we shall see. Yet to be proven. Hmm. And it's like the, <laughs> that memo tells you about their pricing plan. What it doesn't tell you about is what dumb bullshit are they going to link into the sale this time? Oh, please no more clickers. <laughs> like TV clicker was no no fun. Nope. Ding dong. You guys carry on without me. Well, okay. um, what news have you got, Dan? Because I've got a bit of news that's probably more important for Rob. <laughs> okay, well, let's see. What have I got here that, that we... Well, oh, anyway, Final Fantasy VII remake footage. Did you Damn it, that's that? the bit I was talking about. Yeah. <laughs> you can't talk about that without Rob. All right, well, we can skip that then. Psychonauts 2, <laughs> goddammit. There's a, there's okay, a crowd funding... Um, the effort. As well. It's not a Kickstarter, but it's a fig campaign. Yeah, it's a fig. Right. So, Which means it's much more likely to happen, I guess. Yeah, and it's only for a third of the funding of the game. But they are, are, are asking for all the money they got for Broken Age, um, you know, which I think was quite a bit. Well, I mean, um, surely they should just, by default, they should just start with a million because not said he would. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. He said he would. <laughs> But and he could now quite easily. Yeah, exactly. Why he doesn't? But it's like three point three. He just fund the whole thing. Yeah, he could easily, and he wouldn't even break a sweat. So I don't know why he just wants to sit in his stupid house that he was competing with, freaking I don't know Jay Z to buy or whatever in Hollywood, and uh, not not make any cool games. But there you go. Anyway, Psychonauts. That's cool because he's right. I mean, in the video, he's like. We made Broken Age because no publishers were funding like and making adventure games, and we thought it'd be cool to do one in the modern time or whatever. Fair enough, and they did. But like, he's kind of right, and I hadn't even noticed that like people aren't making like third person action platformer thingy games anymore either. So he's like, well, Let's do they, one sort of got, they sort of got merged into third person combat games. It's yeah. like the platforming became a subset of the Yeah, if you look at Tomb Raider fighting. or something. Yeah. It yeah, kind of like God of War and Yeah. Devil, Devil May Cry. Yeah, but Devil May Cry is stuff. sort of different, isn't it, to to those games. Or that has well, a continuation yeah, but... from from back then, doesn't it? But I guess yeah, you what you know, once Gears of War and then Uncharted took like Tomb Raider and put it into Gears of War or whatever. So it was like a platformer plus shooting i guess tomb raider always had shooting but it was shit well so they, i don't know about gears of war having platforming elements no no <laughs> i'm not saying it did i'm saying that they took the part from gears of war the of the third person shooting and put that right. into i'm not saying gears of war has way. any platforming it's the other way yeah yeah i'm just saying that yeah that's where that came from i guess so you get to the point where it's all fused into a thing that's basically a first person shooter although it's in third person and now it happens to have the platforming in it that's I a mean, long everyone... way from the platforming Everyone realised that platforming was not really that good a mechanic for third person anyway, unless you unless it was a very specifically designed game for it. It's like those <laughs> games that did include it. It was like, well, now now we're kind of automating the platforming to make it easier because it's just bullshit otherwise. Yeah, 
that's true. So, but of course, Psychonauts always blended it with like kind of an adventure game with dialogue choices and shit and and jokes. <laughs> well, more than jokes, not that much adventure. I mean, there wasn't really no. choices or anything exactly. No. no, and there was barely an overworld. Yeah, I don't know if they'll um, expand on that or, or shrink it. The the um, hub world type thing compared to the. Well, I was thinking game. about it, and it's like really, I think. It's kind of dumb, but I think what I what I actually want to have Psychonauts two would always be basically a remake of of the original, but like with an expansion pack. It's just like you you want all the cool stuff that they originally had because basically they're never going to top the Milkman level, right? Yeah, <laughs> they've already made the best level ever. Yeah, well, I'll give it a go. Sorry about that emergency. Well, mum, mum drop in to uh, talk about uh, various. Uh, relatives having babies. Okay, All right. There we go. We're talking about Psychonauts too. Oh, okay. What is your opinion? D- well, I, I did hear your little bit about saying they can't beat the milkman. And it's like, yeah, they will struggle to beat the milkman. Yeah, that's what I said. They just he has to like, deliver the milk. It's like what Psychonauts 2 should be is basically one plus the expansion pack. <laughs> so they should just remake the whole of one, but just add more levels. Well, they were saying that one like only sold half a million copies, but then since recent times and Steam and everything, it sold another million. So it sold more since yeah. like 2010. Double yeah, so since 2010. Yeah, and Humble Bundles it, it, and stuff. I'm trying to think, because the PC version came quite late, didn't it? It wasn't originally yeah. released on PC, and I don't they think redid it was. that. Yeah. Oh, no, maybe it not was. Not that long ago. I remember I there being it, a PC Gamer review. No, I don't were, think it was. Oh, uh, maybe. Oh, well, maybe, because well, they, they redid it for Steam, at least. Maybe it didn't work on modern machines. And yeah. They, like, tinkered with yeah, it and get it running Yeah, I think again. that's true. I think there must have been an original release, because I remember reading the P- review in PC Gamer in a p- physical paper <laughs> magazine, <laughs> which must have been a long time ago. Right, fair enough then. Yep. It, uh, that was a. It was. It's you know weirdly. I mean, I played Psychonauts quite late. I think I played it like like well, three sixties. Yeah. Oh, I played it like I played the original Xbox version, but I played it like you know after the three sixties launch or something. So I was I was quite late to the Psychonauts party, but I might have actually played it on my three sixty. I can't remember. Um, but uh. It was it was one of those games. It's like it's actually one of those things that are conceptually better than the actual game itself. I think actually gameplay wise, it was it was a little bit flawed. It doesn't quite work in places. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and that's something production they can probably improve on at this point. Yeah, I would have thought. And I guess you know, but the production wasn't quite there. It wasn't quite top of their you know top tier stuff. But man, that concept and some of the some of the jokes, some of the humor, and the and the milkman, goddammit, <laughs> right up there. Just needed to be a little bit of a better game behind it, but it's a uh, it's quality stuff. It's one of those things that yeah, I guess it didn't make they didn't never got the ability to make a sequel because you know publishers and stuff like that were all like yeah, but we didn't make any money. What's the point of making another one? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, who knows? So, so now let's go back to the None other games that, that Dan tried to say. Oh yes. So the wait, other bit wait, is, is, is Psychonauts two a thing then? Like, it's being yeah, funded it's a thing. on Fig. Oh, oh, Fig! It's it's on it's on. Well, of course that it is because okay. Double Fight are practically part of Fig. <laughs> okay, <laughs> oh, it, oh, I bet me just assumed they'd kickstart something again. It's basically the same thing. Yeah. Kind of, sort yeah. of similar. Yeah. So it's yeah. one third Fig crowd funded, one third Double Fine funded, and one third mysterious third party funded. 
And the, okay. the, the best part so of the video was investment, where they were showing all the people who worked in the original game saying, yeah, I'm into it, I'm going to do it, or whatever. And then they had Eric Walpole, who apparently works for Valve or whatever now, and they just had yeah. him standing next to um, um, Gabe. Gabe. And Gabe is just got his arms crossed looking really pissed off, and he just goes, yeah, he could be into it. Fair enough. Is there a pic? Is there a picture in existence of Gabe Newell smiling? <laughs> uh, I'm sure there is. <laughs> not, a, not a recent one, maybe. No, no not lately. <laughs> I honestly can't remember one. I have no recollection of that ever happening. Speaking of like, oh, there was something, something random I, I spotted because I, I checked in with Fast Nate Racing Neo to see when that comes out. Yeah, it's like December 12th or something. And it's, it's, you know, it's actually going to be pretty cheap. It's going to be like a tenner or something on, on Nintendo eShop. So, uh-huh. yeah, bit of a bargain. Might might still be worth a punt. Um, and, and as a result of that, that got me looking at, oh, what's happening with Formula Fusion? Let's check in with that, see what's going on. Yep. Turns out they had they were had, had a bit of a problem for a while. Yep, I'm sure. Um, they got over-enthusiastic with um, scaling up their studio um, and run out of money, basically. Um, and so I had to start scaling down again but apparently fairly recently they've secured an investment deal so that project is back on track all right okay formula fusion will still d- hopefully be a thing <laughs> yeah maybe <laughs> yeah there's that's a you know a cautionary tale i suppose of people trying to start their own studio and weren't didn't quite manage themselves um perhaps in the most ideal way but yeah, the investors stepped in and were all like, these games are still good. Still good. They're still good. <laughs> still good. <laughs> now let's go back to the bit of these that we started talking about when Rob wasn't here and then I prevented it because Rob needed to be here to talk about it. What is it? Final Fantasy VII Remake got some more trailer ooh, thing. Ooh, ooh. What's going on? Okay, so Rob hasn't seen it. So that's game- actually going to be helpful. Well, it's gameplay footage, right? It's full on. It's sort of gameplay footage. I mean, they showed... I cut uh, like a few seconds of a fight scene and then just oh well, they did show a bit of running no. around in the world I guess yeah both yeah but, uh, most of it was just like voice acting cutscenes yeah but it's like so, but big, the, key, the key thing is there. the key thing is is that bit of gameplay does it look like Final Fantasy VII or have they done no something? it looks like no. no it's fifteen so well, that, it's like a fi- <laughs> it's like a fifteen mod basically but with all fifteen the, and thirteen are the same. Oh, right. much. oh, weird. Yeah, so it's not like seven. So, okay, I, I have very mixed emotions about this now, actually, because it's like, okay, 15 is unproven and maybe good, and early indications say it might actually turn out yeah. to be great. Um, but then the fact that they've made, they've decided to just rip that engine and shove FF7 in it sounds less cool. Yeah. I don't know, though, because, you know, you can. it's going to take so much it, to do all the art and everything for it. That, oh, sure. Um, I'm not saying it might not work, but in a way that's a little bit more disappointing because it's kind of the same game as what 15 will end up and with, 30. Right? <laughs> It's all basically the yeah. same. Yeah. It's been the same for the last three games, basically. I don't know. That's slightly less cool to me. You know, if it, I suppose it makes business sense, right? It's a uh, quick way of, intru- of making mechanics. Yeah. Well, my question is like, like very brief. Even within this incredibly brief bit of fight that they showed, they also very briefly showed Barrett fighting, like from 
with him is the main focus of the camera, I guess you'd say. Right. And, like, that's one of the main questions I have about, like, converting the 13-15 gameplay into the Final Fantasy VII idea is, like, will there be the capability to control each character as much as each other? Because, like, sort of in 13... You were mainly just controlling one, and you just had the other two on, like, auto, almost. It was just like, you suggested what they did. Oh, sure. Yeah, the paradigm shift was more important than actually you defining action. Yeah. You could basically play that entire game telling your character just go auto based on the... um the paradigm you're in. Yeah, like exactly. You'd, you'd swap... And like the second characters were just there doing yeah, stuff. Yeah, <laughs> you'd swap Vanille to suddenly go healing, for instance. But and, it's then, like, and then she'd heal all the party. You don't want that. You don't really want that in Final Fantasy VII. You want everyone to be equally important. Mainly because you can swap the characters around and they're actually sort of characters, I guess. It just... <laughs> yeah, it's, it's difficult because I don't think they made enough of the 13 systems, right? Because in theory, all of the... The powers were there, all of the status effects, all the things were there. But it was one of those things that your characters would basically automatically figure out yeah, what they would worked. Just counter. They would figure out what worked and what didn't. Right? Yeah. So if they used something on a bad guy and it didn't work, they would remember that and so wouldn't use that against that enemy again. So that meant very quickly, it only took like one or two fights before your team knew what the optimum, in theory, knew what the optimum strategy was to sort of stun them or to, yeah. or to buff you in certain ways against certain enemies. And it was a, uh, and it basically sort of played itself after a while, which is a shame because it's like other than you, uh, they didn't play into the like the timing of when you wanted to shift stance, I suppose, shift these paradigms yeah. into different things. There just wasn't enough of that, and that's why it's like that doesn't seem like it doesn't seem anything like the Final Fantasy system of like turns and waiting. It, old Final Fantasy is more of a puzzle, right? Yeah, like, to a, to an extent. I mean, sort of. I mean, it's not like in Final Fantasy VII you can't just hit attack over and over and it'll work. Most of the no, time. yeah, if you, if you ground it up, right? <laughs> or at least that's, that's to me what like JRPG fighting should be in a way, like more of a a sort of you know, or at least yeah, a bit more puzzling. You know, a bit more of a strategy you need to figure out to like optimize how you do it. But it should be you yeah. that figures that out, not the computer. Yeah. I mean, I it's like I'm not sure you in that. It's, 13 slash 15 fighting style. The trouble with it is because it's not turn based, they they it it always wants to have something happening, even while you're even if you're in entering a specific command. Mm. Normally, the other characters are doing stuff as well all the time, just to like make it look like stuff. Look is dynamic. Happening. Oh yeah, well, they just they just be mo- changing position or something. But, but not in the same way as like for, uh, um, what is that game called? Skies of Arcadia, where the background fighting isn't actually anything happening it's just animation oh yeah yeah <laughs> they, they would just stand facing each other weren't they because that, that still is a turn basis yeah so it's like that I don't know maybe they could sort of do that like you could make it so it's still a turn based system and just have it animate stuff happening that's not actually stuff happening mm. maybe I was also thinking maybe they could do like if they wanted to still have some element of you playing all the characters but not having it be completely overwhelming maybe they could almost do it in like have it in like Fallout Vats where like when you're entering your turn time slows down so it's like the stuff you've already entered for the other characters is still going on it's just going on much slower to give you time to navigate through whatever you're doing (laughs) I don't know I probably won't it'll probably just be like 15 13 
I sort of wish. And then that will also be a question of like, what about random fights? Will you be able to grind? Mm. Well, maybe the thirteen system would have been better if it just didn't have auto, right? Where it would stop, and you would like then queue up the commands that your characters would do when their ATB was ready, right? But all of this is happening simultaneously. Yeah, maybe. Like, there's no waiting for each character to then do its action. Everyone's just trying to do stuff simultaneously. I was thinking of like better turn-based systems and i think like the one i don't know what it was originally from but the one that they used in the penny arcade game the later penny arcade yeah, games yeah, yeah. With that active time bar where like the, your speed would depend on like whether you overtook the other people's but it was on like a continuous flow so it's just like whoever's turn came up next just yeah came up Ch- next. child of light had a similar system right with the time bar and things like that yeah it's, it's a neat idea I don't think, and, 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 and having not played the later Penny Arcade games, I'm not sure like if anyone's really. Again, that feels like a system that I don't think has really been well, I, explored I, enough. I, like because Child of Light felt too simplistic in its combat. Like the, the the timeline was a cool idea, but it was basically all you had to worry about. Really, the other status effects didn't matter as much. Well, I mean, that was sort of the case in the Penny Arcade one because a lot of the abilities were about moving the timeline around, yeah. like pushing people back. And, and, and I didn't feel like that was enough. I felt like there needed to be more depth to that combat system. Mm-hmm. I liked it, but I think they can do more with it. I think obviously the important thing about Final Fantasy VII though is lol voice acting. Lol. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Hear Wedge say terrible things in his terrible voice because he's a fat dude with a dumb voice. <laughs> I'm assuming they'll have had to have re- rewritten it, right? Like, <laughs> it doesn't seem like it. Bits of the translation just won't work, right? The translation was garbage. <laughs> well, I mean, they showed quite a lot of... I, I mean, it's right from the start of the game, so I was having a time remembering exactly what happened, but it seemed like most of the lines that were spoken were the exact same as the original. Well, I guess they might be, you know, just doing <laughs> yeah, that. Because just cutting of, out the interesting lines from the song yeah, game. Or just, you know, yeah, fan service. When Wedge says, you're doing this for the planet, and then Cloud is like, not interested. And it's like, <laughs> that was sort of a weird line even in text. Yeah. Not <laughs> interested. Mm. And also, that would be, I, mm, like, does this mean we have like a, a like any kind of shit date schedule for this? Like, because no. fifteen is supposed to be next year, right? <laughs> no, no, no date, just more footage. So if it happens to come out next year, it wouldn't be too surprising. But it would probably be the year after. No, yeah, it's not. I I, I think there's not a chance it'll come out. Next well, if they're year. building it on the same engine at this point, it's. I'm not even sure fifteen will make it next. <laughs> no, year. No, maybe not. And also, the I'm not sure I like the, the this design of Barrett. I, right. pref- I think I preferred the Advent Children version. <laughs> oh, the Advent Children right. version was cool. I mean, they did show Actually, his all gun of the arm character designs in Advent Children were cool. Sort of. They did show his gun arm in this in this short yeah. bit of the Final Fantasy remake, and it is just like a machine gun. Except it's quite long. It's not yeah. as stubby as it is in the original. Yeah, okay. Well, no, it needs a bit stubby. of barrel, I think, in order, doesn't it? <laughs> I don't know. It looks really weird in the in the first game because it's like a a plate sort of thing, like like it's like a six pistols have like, like, like three... attached to. Well, it's like it doesn't have three little holes. Well, like a weird, weird offset. It's like it's like a it's like I I always imagined it as being like the six barrels of the machine gun were hidden inside a casing. Like yeah, just the ends right. of the barrels were sticking out. Yeah, that makes sense. That's why I always thought that looked like. Yeah, but now it's like it's much more obviously like a mini gun. Chain, yeah, mini gun with chain the six stuff. individual barrels that probably yeah. rotate. <laughs> yeah. You need that to cool them in in reality on a real one. 
they need to be exposed, don't they? So they spin Do in they? the air. I think so, because they are on the ones on on planes and stuff. Obviously, they're not oh, yeah, sure. inside. They're inside the fuselage or whatever. But yeah. Anyway, yeah. And like cloud, I mean, obviously, he looks like true to also not as cool as the Advent Children version. Yeah, no. but, he's, his, but his but arms are like super maybe weedy, some... and he's he's like wielding this gigantic sword. It looks really weird. Like uh, maybe quite... he has like force powers or something. But even and he's a super soldier, obviously. But even so, like it looks a bit strange. That's a little strange because he they, looks a bit they, weedy. They sort of, I was about to say because in the original, right? Like even in the. Uh slightly better versions of the models his arms are a bit chunkier right yeah i don't really remember the better versions of the models that much i, I don't know like well at least in the chibi ones with the super ridiculous like super thick wrists or whatever yeah, but the like, middle part of his arm where his actual arm is is really thin in that version it's like his shoulders are gigantic his wrists are gigantic but the bit in the middle is really thin <laughs> in the low poly version the chibi version <laughs> And they didn't show any material or anything. I, I don't think they even showed a magic effect in that whole thing. They just showed lots of fancy light coming off your sword as you slap around as you do. Are they like going to shove orbs into your arm or yep, whatever? That's the question. Yeah. I mean, the fucking sword has holes in it specifically for material, so <laughs> that's always yeah. been the case. The, but it's never been used like that. It was only Advent Children they did that, right? Where it was like shoved, they shoved orbs well, into yeah, them. Well, yeah, that, that was the only interpretation of that I'd seen. Mm. I mean, maybe they showed it in one of the other Final Fantasy VII spin-off games at some point. Oh, maybe. Mm. But it was really dumb, because it was like, that original sword, the, the Buster Sword or whatever that Cloud starts with, mm. very specifically has those two holes in it, and it has two material slots in the interface, and you're like, well, that's where the material goes, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> but then as soon as you get rid of that sword, none of the other swords have any kind of holes in them, as far as you can tell. No, it'd be cool if they did, like, if that was the theme that they went for, like, you know, things actually had visible slots and they put, and you put them in and you see little like glowing balls where they go and it's like, and you touch them. Yeah. <laughs> or, or if they like, you know, do the, even if they do the little thing, like some, some weapon, like RPGs do when you put an added effect on a weapon that they start, you know, say you add electricity to them or whatever, lightning status, like the, the weapon gets slightly lightningy. Well, that's not, and it's like that difficult to do, I'm sure. No, that would but be a change like, of the weird glowy effects that they all have when they slash it around in the air. I guess, but yeah. <laughs> Just little things like that would be neat. So yeah, it doesn't... So what what we've determined from that trailer so far is it seems like they're changing the mechanics quite a lot, but maybe not the story, which will be interesting yeah. if they keep all the weird story elements that FF7 originally had, but in this modernized graphics. Yeah, so I wouldn't I wouldn't say I'm sold just yet, but at least I'm I'm more intrigued than if it was just a straight-up remake. Hmm. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Cool. News. So, yeah, that's better. That's better news than no news, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> well, it seems like quite early news again. Like the fact that they're even showing gameplay at all is like that's kind of worrying, really, because it does just mean it's probably going to be uh, just a reskin of mm. the systems they already have, perhaps. Yes. So, well, maybe they'll do what they did with the Final Fantasy Thirteen series, and like they'll take fifteen and then make like a fifteen two and turn that into FF seven. <laughs> <laughs> like, so it'll be sort of the same, but mixed up a bit. I don't know. Do you want to quickly talk about the game awards? Not really, but what have you got? To well, say I know the that they, the, the, everyone's pissed off that the, the more ridiculous Kojima stuff is happening. Oh God, what? 
Yeah, so um, Kojima's lawyers, basically, uh, Konami's lawyers ordered Kojima not to attend the Game Awards. Oh, really? Yeah. And he did? Uh, no, he didn't, but... Oh. Uh, but on the during the Game Awards, they announced that fact. Because oh, really? they were pissed off. <laughs> yeah. Weird. <laughs> yeah, so it's quite funny. But why? What? what? I don't know. Why? They're fucking weird. He made the game. I mean, jeez. Mm. Anyway, Konami just odd. digging themselves deeper, but no one cares because yeah. they're not going to make any games anymore. So no one's going to give them any money more anymore. No, no one's going to invest in Konami anymore. Like not from the West, anyway. Uh, you know, the pachinko parlors. Like, these pachinko lords of Japan may invest. <laughs> I don't know. Who uh, knows? Yeah, I don't know. It's, it kind of went the, the way of like I guess most like game awards or stuff. Like, but it's like the, 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 the game awards themselves are slightly odd because they are um, like weirdly timed. I suppose it's not the end of the year yet, so there's stuff still to come out this year. I guess. Um, yeah. And to that to that end, they do work on their sort of December to December timescale because I'm pretty sure they included things from late last year in there. In their lists, um, not that I have any of that written down, but you know, it, it just yeah, it comes across as a lot sometimes. But do you want to know what their game of the year was? What was it? Witcher three. Fair enough. Seems like a do big want, contender. Do you want to know what their utterly pointless extra award for developer of the year was? Uh, CG Project Red. <laughs> yeah, surprise. <laughs> It's like, I don't know why you have two awards for that. I don't get it. It also It's also strange, like, something about the way they they isolated Game of the Year and then had the best indie category. Like, the the, the big Game of the Year group just was, was very clearly like, oh, these, uh, these are only going to be AAA titles, at least by their nominations. Uh, and then indie was like, okay, anything that doesn't fit into the AAA category, we'll just bundle it in here. It's like, I don't know. I think it's possible for an indie game to be the best game of the year, right? I don't know. Yeah, why the hell not? It's, that's just, it's just how it looked. Mm. Maybe that wasn't, you know, I'm guessing that's not the intention, but. All right. Guesses for best indie? Are we guessing now? Yeah, go on. Know, just to throw it out there. I don't know. Some practice know. for later on. What would it be? Can I do that? It's something we've played. Yeah, well, I think I already know. <laughs> it's probably Ori and the Blind Forest. No, oh, surprisingly, that disappointing. Did, I'll, I'll give you that. That did win Best Art. Well, yeah, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> That's like the Rayman of this year. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it went to Rocket League. Yeah. That's, mm, Makes sense. <laughs> okay. Uh, People really like that game. You guys really like it, so I don't know. I really like that game. I really like it, but it's like there's not much to it compared to some other indies this year. No, but there's something about like having a nice <laughs> focused version of something just very well executed. It's a yeah, but I mean, there's like there's been some quite dramatic story based indie games even this year, really. Well, yeah, that did come up as well because they they intru- I don't know if they've had it before, but they they sort of it's relevant in the sense that of the discussions about. 
you know, actors in video games, like the whole voice actor thing that's been going on yeah, um, and stuff like that. So they have a best performance category in the Game Awards, and it specifically calls out acting uh, in, in this particular case. Like, like what, what character was the, did they think was the best performed? And it's like, yeah, I don't know, best performance to me sounds a little bit like, you know, they think something, what about musicians? What about... <laughs> The best performed music act of video games. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, this is the, the, that was what they were going for with this, and they did give their best performance award to, and I apologise if I pronounced this wrong, but Viva Seifert for her story. I don't know if you know know a lot about that game. It's like we haven't played no. it, but it's that's that weird one where it's basically it's not a game in the sense that there's a goal or anything like that, but it's basically a, se- a series of um, interview tapes. Um, that you watch, and they're with like someone interviewing well, Viva's character, presumably, and um, uh, you and you eventually like by watching these things and deciding certain facts and stuff like that, you unlock more tapes to watch, and then like the result of building all, up all these tapes is for you to build a picture and of your own opinion, I suppose, of what actually happened based on her story. So it's 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 almost right. not really a game, but a sort of media experiment type thing. Okay. There you go. That that apparently is the best performance of the year. Well, that was a bit easy though because it's just like because it is actually someone on yeah, camera because right? it's actually a performance. Yeah, it's not even voice acting; it's literally a performance. <laughs> um, yeah, because they had what like, Ashley Birch got a nomination for doing stuff for Life is Strange and Mark oh, Hamill, really? obviously for the Joker. Did you um, know? I hadn't. I didn't know this, but I looked up Ashley Birch the other day because I was wondering what happened to Hey Ash, what you playing? And it turns out. <laughs> yeah. That what she does is she's a full time writer for Adventure Time, and that makes total sense. <laughs> no, right? That's her job. I didn't realise. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like I was like, huh, yes, that makes total sense. Yeah. Because obviously the other Birch made his name for doing work on Borderlands, and right? Things like that. He's he's the key, he's I think he's the key writer on Borderlands too. Right. Yeah. That sounds right. Yeah, he's definitely a gearbox guy. Hmm. <laughs> Well, I don't know if he's specifically Gearbox, but he does game writing. Yeah. Um, what were the other nominations? I think um, Lady Who Plays... I can't remember... Again, can't remember her name. I'm terrible names. Do apologise. The guy that played... Uh, sorry, the lady that plays um, Lara Croft was up. And the guy that plays Geralt from Witcher was up as well. Mm. So basically any lead from any big game this year. <laughs> There's no really good No Master, no Master Chief or Jameson Locke. No yeah. Buck. No Nathan Fillion nomination. <laughs> it hasn't been that good a year for that sort of stuff, I don't think. There's no been no like Mass it's... Effect kind of style performances or whatever. I like Shepard. and Metal Gear has characters, but they're all all the performances are pretty bad. <laughs> I don't know. Just keep us on it's not good. Let's put it put it that way. But that's, that's what happens like commonly, right, with like voice actors, isn't it? Or like when big actors yeah. try well, and that's do the, just that's voice acting. Well, that's the cliche, is that they always phone it in, but they don't always. Mm. I mean, the mass No, no, no. Even if they try, they might not just have the chops, is what I mean by that. There's like voice right. acting is a very different thing. To... That's true. I thought, I actually thought that, um, what's his name? Ma- um, Martin Sheen was pretty good as the elusive man. Oh, in yeah. Effect, no, too. he was fine. Yeah. Got no problem with that. And yeah, as again, I'm not saying anything like everyone's bad at it. And I mean, you well, could argue that Keith the... David is both yeah. a normal actor and a voice actor. You know, that's he does true. A he is. Job. He's on Adventure Time quite a bit. 
<laughs> Keith David. Yeah, I think he doesn't he play like the Flame King or something. I can't remember. I don't know enough about Adventure Time to, to look it up. Hmm. Sherpa. Sherpa. Yep, Flame King, voiced by Keith David. There you go. Okay, awesome. Yeah. Wasn't he in all of the Modern Warfare games as well? Keith David. Oh, sure probably. He, he says things like, um, um, what, what's the stupid, we're on the move thing? Um, you know, in stupid... Uh, well, Oscar Mike. Oscar Mike, <laughs> that's the one. <laughs> Oscar Mike, yeah, on the move. OM. No one, no one really says Oscar Mike. Do they? It's quicker Stray, to say on the Stray move. Frost. <laughs> 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 so yeah, it's, it's quicker to say we're on the move. Yeah. <laughs> we're, in, we're en route. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's come up in a Call of Duty game. It's like we're en route. Yeah. Anywho, that's all I got for news. Cool. That's the end of news. It's time for what you've been playing. What you've been playing? Oh wait, there was theoretically one more bit of news. Theoretical news. Well, because it's still quite a long way away, relatively speaking. Oh, I guess it's another February thing. <laughs> right. Rocket League's going to come out on Xbox One. Oh yeah, that's that's kind of a big deal. And it's getting some cool cars. Yeah, there's something here I'm reading that says that the developers are saying there will be no cross-play because yep. Xbox One as a platform pretty much full-on doesn't support that at all. <laughs> no, they, they, they kind of just want you to go through live don't yeah. they, and, rather than their own system. It's, kind of, it's a Microsoft thing, whereas PlayStation mm. have always been much more open. Which, may, in a way, I wonder if PlayStation Network actually has any of that matchmaking stuff behind it you know live has always been yeah we'll do that for you yeah when psn probably like no nah, build it yourself but you can build it however you want we don't care one of the one of those jobs but yeah that, that makes a great deal of great deal of sense um don't think it matters a great deal well it sucks for them because they won't get as much population to play against uh maybe and also, presumably, it won't be free unless it turns off on gold immediately. Yeah, that is the next question. It's like, will it will it come out on gold in the same way that it did for PS Plus? I reckon Microsoft would want that, right? Well, they would, but mm. I reckon probably the developers would want some money this time round. <laughs> yeah, but they get paid to, well, be, to be on Plus and to be on... But probably not as much as they could have made, considering how popular it got. Maybe. But it sold really well on Steam as well, don't forget. And then none of that would have been... That would have been pure money. Oh, yeah. And, also, and, you know, but it's still been selling after it was on Plus. Not everyone picked it up immediately. Yes. Although Plus does have that auto-download thing. Yeah, exactly. So, so people know. who may have... Maybe like you and your goal, where you just get whatever the fuck's there regardless. Yeah. <laughs> you know, in a weird way, I'm so, I sort of love Games of Gold because it, like, it does... Most of what comes up on it is kind of weird and, like, under-the-radar stuff. That doesn't mean it's good, but at the same time, it's like, yeah, you know, I'll give that a go. It's free. Like we didn't talk about it last week because we forgot to with Kippers. <laughs> yeah. Um, but both Kippers and I played Numa, which was that weird visual vision-based puzzle game, I suppose, on a which was a Unreal Four gig on Xbone. That's a bit up its own arse, but you know <clears throat> it's fine for a free two-hour experience. And it's one more bit of not really news of something that's going to be happening a long time away probably, because it's only just got this preview trailer. 
because everyone wants a new Shaq Fu. <laughs> Good God, what? <laughs> Why would you do that? <laughs> what, like as a cartoon or as a game? Or no, it's a game. Shaq Fu. I mean, it's what was it? Was it was it a fighter? It was a brawler. No, oh, okay. I believe the original was as well, and this one is. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, what, what the fuck? <laughs> okay. And, you know, Shaq is going to be there and say things really badly because that's what he does. Yep. <laughs> Get some proper Shaq attack voice acting. <laughs> and also the character designs are ridiculous. Do you want fake Nazis? Hell no. <laughs> fake Nazis? Well, yeah, you can't have real Nazis. <laughs> what, in a Shaq game? Yeah. You well, Shaq, have fake Shaq, Nazis. Sha- Shaquille O'Neal versus the Nazis. That's a game. It could be. Probably. Versus the space Nazis. Yeah. If you want the space Nazis, that's what you want. (laughs) Yes, hang on. Let me just. Can I have Shark Attack versus Space Jam? (laughs) (laughs) That would be a ridiculous crossover. Michael Jordan and Shaq both together in the same game. Yeah, I'm ready for this. Not sure I can make this big enough for Rob to actually see, but. No. Man looks at thing on phone. There you go. You've got fake Nazi, Asian woman with huge boobs, and black guy with scissors on his back. What the hell? Okay, this is very... Uh, mm, what is going on there? This, this... I don't... Yeah, let's call him a Nazi. Let's carry on with this. It's, it's got the fake swastika with well, the it's bird the, It's thing. the GameCube logo. <laughs> yeah, got, it is a G. He's got the GameCube logo, or alternatively, the, the Gruze logo from Despicable Me. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's weird. Also, what is she in the middle? Is supposed to be? I don't is know. This just like sassy seventies, huge boob Asian woman. <laughs> I, I don't get it. No, and then of course you've got to have the purple stuff. Scissor. Yep. <laughs> Scissor. You've got to have the purple stuff. That's really weird. Neon trash can warrior. Yeah. So yeah, I thought that is ridiculous. I mean, of course it was going to be. Because it's fucking Shaq Fu. Oh, man. <laughs> Shaquille O'Neal run out of money or something. And it's just like, I'm going to fund a video game. <laughs> or get paid to appear in a video game. Yeah. Not fund it. I don't even know whether that's a Kickstarter or not. I didn't really look into the, <laughs> what's actually happening. Weird. Yep. Very weird. Any more, <laughs> any more last minute theoretical news? No, that's it. Okay, good. <laughs> Dan, who's, who's kicking off what you've been playing? Should we, should we kick with you and your Metal uh, Gear escapades? You can kick with me. I've been playing Metal Gear Solid. What a, what a surprise. I'm also still playing Wipeout Pulse or whatever in the, in the off period. So. Oh, yeah. I keep meaning to go and try that. Try that no, again. it's good. Um, it's quite long. Uh, I've, been listening to it, I've been listening to it soundtrack like recently again. Yeah, so, I might be going overboard on the soundtrack. It's, a good, it's lucky it's a good soundtrack because it goes around and around and around. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I wish there was more songs in there and I could just play Spotify at the same time and turn off all the all the music, I suppose. But oh, for sure. the time yeah. being, I'm playing the... You'd need to find music that was suitable for Wipeout to play alongside Wipeout, I think. You know, n- yes. n- nice... It has to be crazy crazy future breakbeat. Yeah, breakbeat, trancey type stuff that that is also simultaneously a little bit chilled, kind of. I don't know. Yeah, sort of, yeah. <laughs> it's not really dancing music, you- yeah. No, um, very much not dancing music. Unless yeah. you want to, I don't know, glitch the fuck out. Like, it just sort of break bits of you. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. But it, it works great. It's like, 
Obviously, I want another Wipeout game, but this one is pretty good, <laughs> considering it's a PSP game and I'm running it at 2560 by 1440p or some shit. Sure. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Um, Did you ever figure out how to get hold of all the as free download stuff? Yeah, you can get that. But um, cool. when, when I reinstalled Windows, um, I lost it, so I need to go look for it again. I had to do a bit of a hunt. There was some YouTube video that had the shit. But you can add that stuff. But I don't think it's as, there's as much stuff for Pulse as there was for Pure, because Pure basically doubled oh, the Oh, no, sorry, you're right. Yeah, Pulse had actual proper DLC. Sorry, yeah. it was Pure, I'm thinking. I think Pulse yeah. is a bigger game. Pretty much, and yeah, it, Pulse is yeah. a bigger game, yeah. and it yeah. handles dip- yeah. handles more like Wipeout HD did. Yeah, I, th- I think it does. Yeah, um, I wish I could Which just I play Wipeout HD. Slightly. Yeah, but yeah, well, yeah, maybe I should go. Ju- maybe I should just do that. Turn my PS3 on and actually. Well, you can actually Wipeout do that. Again. I never had a PS3, yeah. so so I never played. That was probably the one game I wanted. It was some like downloadable game, but there you go. Oh, it was, um, it was good on PS3. <laughs> that and Uncharted 2, I suppose. But I just played that at yours and then never played it again. That was fine by me. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, Metal Gear. Yeah. So, hey, I don't know. Because oh, hey, I recommended it to John hey, or whatever. Yeah. Hey, Dad. I've been playing Metal Gear. Yeah. Oh, yeah. seriously? <laughs> Why? <laughs> I didn't think you did that. Oh, yeah, I know you were super, slightly getting convinced by the idea, having played Grand Zeroes and, like, talked yeah. about I wonder if you hey. agree with me that it's, like... Um, it, more your sort of thing than Ground Zeroes was, or like better. Very much, yes. I'm getting on with it a lot more than I did Ground Zeroes. It's something about the design of the areas, I yeah. think, and 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 the ability to tackle them more in ways that I think are that I like. You yeah, know? I, I don't I don't feel quite so frustrated by it. I mean, do you um, find yourself going loud and stuff? Much. I have done. Yeah, okay. like, I, only, I, I don't try and go loud. Like I don't no. start a confrontation going loud. No, uh, I mean I'm only what episode six or seven in, so I'm not that far. Yeah, yeah. But um, it's it, and yeah, I, I there have been a couple of moments where stuff's gone bad, and I've like restarted, and then after a couple of attempts, and it's still gone bad because of things I couldn't foresee. It's just like, oh, yeah, screw it, like, get the assault rifle out, let's do this. Yeah, and then afterwards you realise. Oh, actually, that wasn't such a bad option after all. No, <laughs> I didn't really get I didn't really get penalised for that. It's like I don't really want to be killing all these dudes. I want to be playing the game properly. But then well, I, I, I think I've, I've finally got to the point of what's proper, though, isn't it? Well, I, I guess, yeah. And and but I've got to the point where like I've come across a couple of guys wearing armour, and my tranker t- like techniques don't work anymore. And it's like, oh no, is this all going to go to? Hell? Am I just going <laughs> to go loud all the time now? <laughs> I don't right. Know. <laughs> well, I, I moved to like using the the um the kind of the choke hold more as much as I can now. I mean, it's I mean still, that's my primary. I try. Yeah. I do that as much as possible. They still get up from that, you know, eventually, which is nice. And uh, but you could just but force them. Way longer than it felt like in Ground Zero. Yeah, yeah. It, they got up way straight away in Ground Zeroes, which was ridiculous. Yeah. But uh, yeah, they stay out longer. Like if you do the choke hold, it's pretty good. Um, but I do if it's a long mission, you have to kind of still have to filter them because eventually like they they wake up and call and it's that's kind of annoying yeah i mean there was one situation where i i had taken out like i basically caused a train of people to walk out like they each noticed the body and then this the next guy would come out and be like oh no what's going on and he'd like creep forward towards it as they do and it's like oh i'll just trank him in the head yeah, and then the one. next guy would come around the corner and it's like oh this went on for ages so yeah, there were like eight guys piled on top of piled on top of each other um, and then things went bad, so I ran away. And of course, while they went bad, they don't bother waking each other up. 
they're more interested in trying to find you. Find you. So everyone, oh, okay. So so everyone sort of moved away from the pile of people, and it was like a bit easier to deal with the bad situation. But then, right. of course, once I dealt with the bad situation, there was still like one guy left who then went and woke everyone up, and it's like, oh no, this is going to be a problem. <laughs> right. Okay. Because now they really want to find you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You'll probably you'll probably overtake me. I wouldn't be surprised. I've 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 got like twenty six hours or something on the clock, and I only just got to Africa. And I was was talking to John, and he I'd recommended it to him after I was playing it for weeks, and he's like probably finished it. You know the way he just cheeses everything. Oh yeah, yeah, he does. He does. He, he like goes into the side ops and like runs in gets the prisoner and runs out without even doing you know, do you know what i mean <laughs> really? just to get there. well that's the way he plays games but for me it's like that completely would break my suspension of disbelief like i wouldn't have fun playing the game that way like okay, teasing okay. everything to, like so i'm gonna call you up on that though because this is suspension of disbelief is one thing that you absolutely need in order to play this game right because nothing yeah. is realistic in this game no, not really it's like, no. even when it's trying to be you have to give it, it suddenly then does power. something ridiculous yeah, like i don't exactly. know even like when you start a mission and you find those little um laptop stations or whatever yeah and you download the mission information to your iDroid or whatever and then as soon as the mission starts the thing just bonks itself into the sky yeah for no exactly. reason at all yeah. and plays that cartoon sound effect of it going yeah <laughs> so, exactly. whoop. that's the thing yes. about metal gear in general though that's what i learned yeah. from watching all those videos of all of the all of the cutscenes of the previous games is that like they, it, they so know their games yeah but, and they don't try to be anything else but it's like anime in that it's it's ridiculous and also very serious that's that's the thing i had to get my head around it's not like ridiculous because it's stupid and funny all the time it's like very self-serious in fact and like it, it wants you to take it seriously at the same time as having superheroes and like insane nuclear bipedal walking tanks and shit like it it's like a kind of double think thing you know, well, you have but to then it's like put... it's, it's the cartoony things that are thrown in that just seem so out of place. But then you kind of want you're you're all the more happy for them to be there. Yeah, <laughs> it's it makes really it, strange. It makes it fun and like weird. Like, even little things like every time you get on the horse and it plays that little drum roll. Yeah, it's like and dramatic. I'm on a horse. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like such stupid stuff like that. That's why because traditionally that whole bit. I always thought like Metal Gear is dumb because Splinter Cell is like so much more kind of realistic and it's going for a kind of realism. Even when it wasn't like in terms of the gameplay, it definitely wasn't like you could just pile up. You could knock people out and they'd be out indefinitely and you could just hide them in cupboards. And as long as they didn't have a bit of light hitting their foot, you wouldn't, it wouldn't set off the alarm. Stuff like that was stupid, but at least the tone of the game was kind of serious and. It didn't. Uh, the tone wasn't all over the place. Whereas Metal Gear, the tone is all over the place. But like now, I'm like, no, actually, this is video games. This is freaking great. Like this is fun. <laughs> I gotta admit, and like even the sort of slow pace of it, which is something I would yeah. normally normally I just would run a mile from. And the fact that you actually do go back to the same areas perhaps more often than I would like. You do quite like, a lot. Even, even if you're yeah, if you're trying to cover off side ops and things like that, and you're because I do that trying to hit them up. Yeah, so so far I've been doing them all um, that have come up, and uh, you know you're going back to there's like one village in Afghanistan that I think you ha- you get a main mission to do like one of the first main yep. missions or something, yep. and the side ops just keep bringing you back there. It's like yeah, there's I'm that border one, this area now. That one base with, with the sort with of motor the... around it. 
Yeah. Oh, and the, ba- the barracks. The barracks I found super annoying. Yeah. I've been back there a few times. I think it's the barracks is the one where you end up, you have to go upstairs to get to the where they're always holding the the um, prison. Oh, no, that one's the, no, the, the barracks is the one with the basement. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, that's a different one. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Yeah. It's a sort of destroyed building and you can go down into yeah, I know that one. to get yeah, to the yeah. prison cell. I haven't been and to that that's... one that much. I've only been three, two or three times uh, to that a... one, I think. Yeah, but even so, like that yeah. one's such an annoying layout that it's like... Yeah, because um, it's up like, against the side of a hill. It already. Yeah. yeah, but you can kind of just run... Once you're done with that, you can just run up that hill and be out oh, of there yeah. like, really quickly, yeah. which is kind of cool. Anyway. I mean, it does have a few of the problems that I, I'm sort of annoyed with. Like, there's... Um, there's one one of the longer missions so far as you go on, follow this road for ages and it's I think it's the bit where there's a sort of um, bridge construction going on at one point uh, and then then you get to the end and it's in like a temple and you oh, get yeah, one of those yeah, yeah, sequences yeah. with the mist. That's a long and mission. The, oh yeah, it's a very yeah, long mission. But it's like that bit at the end I found super frustrating because it's all in that that tight spaces and there's I plenty of angles at which you can't. No, no, but it's just getting to the prisoner. Right, oh, I see. like without trying to get spotted, just like because there's a number of people escorting him, but then there's also a ton of guys in that temple structure. Yeah, and it's like, uh, yeah, I don't know. I found that real tricky because it's just like there's no way I could have known that guy was there, and it's like that got real frustrating real fast. I think and eventually, that... as always with me, it went loud, and then that made everything real convenient because people were looking in the wrong direction more often. Oh, cool! <laughs> so it's like, oh, I'll just creep up behind all these guys because they all think I'm over there. <laughs> Oh, you actually like it sometimes when they break their paths and and are looking. Yeah, because they, yeah, they they think I'm in one location sometimes. and yeah, yeah. Like one of the tactics I seem to have been I've used quite a bit now is you know the thing where you're supposed to like if you put explosives on the communications dishes. Yeah, yeah. You can you can block HQ reinforcements. Yeah, and it's like actually what I'll do is I'll go around the level and I'll set a few of those up. Yeah. And then if I think things are getting or there's a situation I can't quite get through, what I'll do is I'll just detonate them. Right, and that will change where everyone is, and that might open up a a window, a way through. And it's yeah. like being able to do stuff like that is cool. Yeah, it's cool, right? I don't know, it's it's fun. I mean, I try to go for perfect stealth, no kills, but I almost never because they. Oh no, I rely on reflex way too. Yeah, often. I go in way, reflex way too often. You can get upgrades that extend the reflex. By the way, if you haven't noticed that, though, I can't remember what it was, but have a look through the. I can't remember. I've tried using the Phantom Cigar yet. Which supposedly makes time slow down. No, I haven't used that either. I think that's to like fast forward through time when you need to. Like I on the last mission, oh, I should it? probably have used that. Oh, I, can't remember. oh I, I misjudged what that meant. Then I thought it was like um, to slow down time and like do increase reflex, like that kind of thing. Like you have a smoke and suddenly you're like, all right, I'm on. No, this. I, I think it's just <laughs> I've never used it, but I think it's just for oh the missions at night time and it's the middle of the day. I need to get to that okay. time type thing. Um, uh, and I feel like I should be using the box more often. Like the box, box is really good. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I don't use it as much as I I should, but yeah, it's it's really cool. Um, Even for like just the stand up and salute tactic, you know, to confuse people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, probably do that. It's hilarious, man. Uh, I really enjoy it. But yeah, I am like taking my. Apparently, I'm taking my time over it because I'm only like my completion is like thirteen percent, and I've been playing it for like twenty six hours or something like that. So I don't know. <laughs> I think I'm like less, less than halfway through the story missions because because every time I come to it, I'm like, well, I haven't always got this story mission could be like two hours or something or more, and I'm mm. not sure. I so I'll just do some side ops. Uh, so I tend to do that, and then but I did it, and then I'm like, no, this is ridiculous. I need to get keep going with it. I got to the Africa stuff and like the first one was at night 
And I didn't think Africa looked as good as Afghanistan because Afghanistan looks really good. Like, it's a really good looking yeah, game. Yeah. I mean, I was a little reluctant getting picking this up because I got the PC version. Yeah. Because um, uh, top tip, CD keys. I think we've talked about these guys before. Occasionally, they, they, they have some insane deals on like, yeah, like brand new games, and you just get the CD key, you plug that into Steam, you're away. I had a really good deal on Metal Gear for this, so it was that that helped a lot in in the decision. But I, I'd, I'd heard good things about you know my my system's aging a bit, and I was th- thinking about whether I should get that or maybe The Witcher as yeah. kind of a last hurrah for the year. And like um, in you know people had said, okay, Witcher will run okay on a six seven on an Nvidia six seventy. You know you'll get by just fine as long as you don't mind it looking a bit like, you know, the the console versions. And it's like, yeah. that's fine, but I know I can do better. And it's like, I'm not sure I like 30 frames per second on a PC. No. You know, I'd probably have to do some stuff to cap it off to make it look okay and things like that. This, I could run above console quality at 60 frames 100% of the time. Yeah. The only problem I have is occasional loading hitches, which apparently the console versions don't have. Right. Um, I've had... um. Um, so Eddie is a big, it, the, you know, I think we've had on the show years and years ago, um, is a big Metal Gear fan, has been playing it on PS4, and he said, it's like, yeah, actually, this looks a little bit better running on your your machine here. You know, there's, there's more yeah. slightly more detail in spots and that, and it runs great and looks great. Like, there's just mm. something about the, the the world of Afghanistan that, that they've done a real good job on it. I mean, it looks really and, good. It almost makes yeah. me want to visit someone like Afghanistan. It's such <laughs> beautiful. Um, but yeah, I don't think the, the Africa jungle type stuff looks quite as good, unfortunately. But then I went during the day and it had like a lightning storm and stuff and that looked good. But I think at well, night... Yeah, doesn't it, it doesn't it rain in Africa, which it doesn't yeah, in Afghanistan. Exactly, yeah, exactly. It does. So it rains, which is... So you get the sandstorms in Afghanistan, which basically block out everything, which is kind of cool. I, I, I find, where you're going, I find just... them more annoying than good, actually, because well, they never happen when I'm in the middle of a mission and I want the stealth. They always right. happen before I'm about to do something and I'm scoping right, and it you have out. To wait. It's, like, this yeah. it's like, oh, God damn it! what am I going to do now? Let's put a tape on or something. <laughs> exactly. Whereas the, the rain supposedly masks your footsteps... Um, because of the noise of the rain, so that's quite okay. good. Okay, it's a good um, idea. Yeah. Although I'm not sure, I might just get the sneaking suit and have my footsteps be silenced by by that. Presumably, with that, you sacrifice the kind of camouflage effect. Well, yeah, I wasn't sure whether to go for like we're thinking camo, like because you get like rocky and desert real early yeah. on. It's like actually, is the rock one going to be better than the desert in Afghanistan? Yeah. I'm really not sure. I don't think they'd make much difference in terms of the multipliers no. on, on. I can't the, say I've like, noticed distances. anything. Yeah, it's not that noticeable. Um, I have noticed yeah. that you do have to be slower in your approach on this than you do did in Ground Zeroes. Yeah, like you could be crouching at full and walking at full speed, and people wouldn't notice you. Probably because I guess you're wearing sneak suit in that. I don't know. Maybe that's um, it. But yeah. but you do have to treat it a lot slower. In, yeah. In this, I'm starting. I'm at this point. I'm pretty quite used to the kind of detection ranges. Like depending on whether it's day or night, or whether I'm crouching or how fast I'm moving and yeah. stuff, you sort of get a kind of feel for it after a while. And you're less yeah, worried it's... about line of sight and more worried about. I've been a little distance. screwed up with the consistency of that, actually. Yeah, like it's, you know, it, it is pretty consistent, um, and it feels good most of the time. Sometimes there are angles where I think things people are just seeing you through objects that look that you can't see through yeah. as the player. But are treated as transparent by the AI, and it's like, right. oh, okay, that's not so good. That's not so um, good. But at least you get the um, little shine. You do get the warning, thing. yeah, yeah. Um, and then, of course, you know, when you're 
hidden when you haven't yet been detected. It's like their vision range is actually really small. Yeah, it's and not you, that good. You can do so, you can you can do some like yeah, really ridiculous like just run in front of them kind of things like or just crawl yeah. right in front of yeah, them. Yeah, crawling um, like being prone, you can get really close to people and even when they're looking kind of directly across you like you don't even have yeah. to be behind them and that's quite funny um i i go for the prone thing i that's one thing i think is a lot better in this than because i actually think that the kind of crouched walk movement is probably better in the old splinter cell games than it is in this it felt more right. accurate in the old splinter cell games um whereas but the prone stuff is much better in this of uh, mm. the, the 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 kind of you know worming your way across the grass or whatever is much better yeah. in this one i think um but I, yeah i have been screwed up a couple of times with it firstly because i think snipers have too good a vision yeah like they, they can just snipers, some, but yeah. no but when 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 you because you, you don't really know they're there some of the time and mm. suddenly you'll have this laser sight on you and miller will be like the snipers get down yeah and it's like and they can they just follow you from the moment they like snap onto you like that it's like you're yeah. screwed and it's like Oh right, okay. I didn't know that guy was there, and oh, I didn't know he was a sniper. Balls. Um, Did you do the cheese? Let's, let's go back and do that again. No, I haven't oh, even yeah, got, there yet. got there. So yeah, okay, that's cool. I haven't even got there yet. Um, but yeah, I probably will cheese that because it's too good a tactic. It's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. We talked about that before, but it's so cool. Yes, okay. I haven't tried it like in, in normal. In so general, I'm not. Exper- yeah. I don't think I'm experimental enough as it is yet. That's I'm not sure thing. I feel like I've got enough options yet. Um, I mean, I did do one ridiculous thing. Um, there's, there's a mission where you're supposed to, I think, yeah, so I think it's a main mission where there's three generals. I'm still on that. Yeah, actually, that, I haven't finished yeah, that one yet. I know that one, yeah. Um, there's three generals, and I, I, I think I may have screwed some of it up because I heard a radio thing saying, oh, abort the meeting, so I don't know quite how that's going to play out now. I um, think they'll just be the in first... different villages, and you have to go and find oh, okay. them individually, probably. But the first one, you got a bit of intel saying he was coming on the road, and it's like, Great, I'm I'm in the perfect position for this. How am I going to set this up? So I did the classic tactic, as you would in a lot of games like this, and put some C4 on the road. People yeah. were like, I don't trust this enough. So parked the horse just right. in front of the C4. Right. So the Jeep drives up and obviously stops and then goes, get out of the way, horse. And the horse casually gets out of the way and is like just out of the range of the C4 explosion. Of course, you detonate it. And it's, like, <laughs> nice. it's real satisfying Nice work. using the horse as a decoy. <laughs> like, nice. <laughs> That's great. How did you get the horse to stay there and not like run off? Because well, he doesn't. He doesn't really move. Like no, you just get true. off him, and he, he doesn't really follow you. He just stays there. Um, so I got him to poop as well, just in case nice. <laughs> I did anything. Yeah. I haven't quite worked out how, if, what what what, what the poop effect that has yeah. yet. <laughs> I don't think um, I've used the pooping yet. I think that's part of my problem with this. Is like actually, I don't know quite what all of the stuff is effects well, of some things are to be it's fair like, the what? little hints you get before missions or before, during the loading they are actually quite good and don't go do, do go through those things if you page through them mm, a lot of yeah, random maybe. stuff that you didn't know they're, they're quite good i'm still learning things through that system i imagine i will be for quite some time like i only saw in a video the other day the whole sort of like box cargo transit thing it's like really oh you can get you can mail <laughs> yourself around the around yeah. Afghanistan. yeah <laughs> it's like i haven't found any of the points where i can do that yet or like i haven't seen any of them or collected the invoices or something you need to do that but it's like that's crazy i can mail myself to an enemy base it's pretty dumb i haven't used that though. <laughs> oh and that game is filled with silly stuff and it's great. It's cool. 
I like like uh, was it game trailers um, picked up on the fact like Carl Bosman there picked up on the fact that whenever there's an anachronistic bit of technology on screen they use yeah. orange lens flare. Oh, I didn't know that. It's, it's like whenever you start a mission, right, and you plug yourself into a laptop in like the eighties. Yeah. To your holographic eye droid thing, yeah. there's a big orange lens flare that appears, like pointlessly oh, right. at that moment. So apparently, like that's there's, there's like a there's like a, a lot of visual thing. cues. Okay. Yeah. Because the walkers, obviously, the walker gear. When you get to those, they look they're ludicrous. You don't even have those in the modern day, let alone in the freaking yeah. eighty three or whenever this is set. So I don't know if they are accompanied by giant orange lens flares. Yeah, that's flares. a good question. That's yeah. a good question. There's I think it's like of... when stuff appears, like you know, because it's obviously whenever something sharp on screen appears, they have to have a big like lens flare on the shot. Yeah, thing. yeah, naturally. <laughs> just to, just to say, this is sharp. Complete with a like a lens flare sound of like shit. Yeah, <laughs> it's like when you when you step into bright lights, yeah. isn't it? So you get then you or when you, or if you pan the camera towards the sun, like every now and then it would just go. Yeah, yeah. If yeah. you walk from a dark area into a bit of light, like yeah. you know, with the H- the HDR in that game is ridiculous, so you can't yeah. see anything sometimes. Yeah. You step out into the sunlight, and it will just go. Sss. Yeah, yeah. It's cool. It's, the, the sound is excellent as well. It's yeah, like those little cues good. and stuff are, are really cool. Although I do, I, like, the only thing I wish there was more of is like that. Typically, the guards have the same incidental conversations like way too often. Yeah, especially if you like don't talking like, about yeah. the naked woman. Yeah. Oh, you mean on your base and stuff? Or just in well, no, oh, not, no, not on my base. Just like the, the enemy guards, kind of style, like yeah. the Russians. They're just like always having the same <laughs> conversation. Like yeah. sometimes they'll have the same conversation multiple times in a row if you're taking the time. <laughs> yeah, and it's yeah. just like, great. That's, uh, mm. that's yeah, all, that's sort insane. of breaking this a little bit. Yeah. But no, I'm, I'm surprised at how much I'm enjoying it, actually. I kind of wish there was just a little bit more of the crazy, a little bit more of the cutscene, a little bit more of the old MGS. Yeah, I, I can see why you'd want that. Why one would want the like balance a bit more balance there? Because like I, I don't think the cutscenes have as much crazy as the old MGS either. Well, I don't so, know that um, the, the openings, the whole openings. Oh, the openings, the hospital, is, but like it's that, proper crazy. Yeah, but that's like people have been saying, and I think it's true that that is like a kind of a faint. Like we talked about this because it's kind of ruined by by Ground Zeroes, um, but it's like an old Metal Gear game, and then it throws you into the new. Sort of. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. It's like out with the old in a spectacular, massive, insane. And maybe way. that was the original plan, right? Yeah. Like, given that how you know Phantom Pain, the original trailer was that bits of that sequence and only exactly. that sequence. Yeah. Because that sequence is fucking mental. There's nothing like that in the rest of the game that yet. Anyway, that I've seen. I don't think there will be, and I think that's on purpose. Well, no, but and, it's and like, quite a lot of it doesn't make any sense either. No. Right? A lot of it is actually kind of badly stitched together, and it's really, really violent as well. Like, yep. It's like horrible. <laughs> yeah, there's that scene, right, where you're being, you're coming. This isn't spoilers, I guess, because it's right at the start. It's of the right game. at the beginning, yeah. But you're like, it's a bit where you're, you're on the stairwell, right, and you're coming down the stairs, I think, and you go too no, or you go one, you're going either going down or up, one of the two, and it's like you go down too far, and it's like, oh shit, there are guards coming up. So you back back on yourself, and you realize, oh crap, we're being followed by guards the other way. So yeah, you then go and so you then go and open a gate somehow. And then walk into a crowd of patients that are just sort of milling about for some reason. Right, yeah. And then for some reason, then the gate gets locked or something and the, no one could escape. Like, why are they just milling around in this corridor? And then, of course, people turn up and shoot them all. Murderize them. And it's yeah. like, but 
why would they? Why? Why were they all there, just hanging know. about in a corridor? And as it turns out, the rooms either side of that corridor you can just get into pretty easily. It's like bits, like, bits like that. Just yeah, I was just sitting there going, "Wait, what? Doesn't, Seriously, what?" <laughs> I don't think it really makes such that much sense. Also, a lot of pigs no. and a horse. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a flaming man and a flaming horse and. Yep. Hover emo. Um Well, you know who that hovery guy is. Well, I guess, yeah. If you, if you have any kind of Metal Gear knowledge. But, yeah. But still, what the hell? <laughs> Even by Metal Gear standards, what the hell? Yep, that's crazy. But going forward from there, yeah. So no, I think I, I, really I read one... Dog. I, oh, I've managed to get D-Dog. And at first, I was like, I really wanted him. And then I was like, I wasn't sure at first because it's a bit weird having him hanging out while you're trying to be stealthy and stuff. But not that he upsets the stealth because he doesn't. Um, no, he but doesn't. But at, at first, it's a bit strange. He does get sort of spotted, but it doesn't affect you. Like, if they come right up next to him. Um, but um, actually, his ability is so cool of spotting enemies and stuff. And it's just, I'm I'm using him now. So, And you can infinite run which is hilarious and stupid but oh yeah awesome yeah. the fact that you can infinite sprint like so you, you don't really need d-horse unless you want to go super fast even in afghanistan necessarily no i guess d-horse is useful it. if you're running from the skulls uh yeah that's true yeah during those sequences we don't have a great deal of choice yeah yeah you definitely need d-horse for that yeah but yeah, but then I guess sometimes you don't know that's going to come up, and then maybe mm, yeah. I'm trying to work out if I can use quiet non-lethally and get her some experience by using her as a scout rather than a. I'm not sure if I can do it without her murdering people. I need to look it up. Whether whether or not the uh, um is it the the buddy trust yeah bar goes up yeah yeah I need to figure that out because I I'm, I'm going for no kills. Apparently I have killed people according to the stat screen, but only like a few. I'm not sure how I managed that, but uh, yeah. Accidental caught in an explosion. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Fulton fails. Does that count as a kill? Yeah, that probably counts. Yeah, that's unfortunate. I haven't like I need to upgrade my shit. Basically, I never have enough staff, and like, but whenever I Fulton people, the guys always like you want to extract him, and I'm like, why don't? Yeah, as if to say, I hate that. Say what you think he's a bad guy. Yeah, yeah, that is quite annoying. I wish that would. I mean, a lot of the incidental stuff plays too much. Yeah. Oh yeah, like the fact that the uh, ocelot's like, oh, press this button and we'll give you some intel, and then like every single soldier in Afghanistan, he's like, he says the same thing, (laughs) like it's a Soviet soldier and uh, some crap about like them being from Russia or something. I kept accidentally getting him to give me intel on ravens. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) <laughs> it's like I'm not quite, not quite. It's just, there just happened to be a raven in the shot, and it's like, oh, so this is raven territory. And it's like, mm. no, no, don't say this again. <laughs> Vulcan raven. Um, <laughs> it's raven territory. There's no actual ocelots in the game, as far as I know. That would yeah. be cool. <laughs> Metal Gear. It's a crazy ass game. It's crazy. I like it. Yeah. It, it's you know, it's a, it's a good. I'm playing it sort of couch style as well, so I'm feeding it to my telly and stuff. It's good for that. Yeah, it's good. I, I sort of tried a mouse and keyboard at one point. I can't remember why. Uh, and that's fine, but I, I'm sticking with gamepad even though I've got the mouse and keyboard right there. 
So you can sort of go between, but it's not quite as slick as GTA 5, which is the best ever implementation of going between immediately between gamepad and, and mm. keyboard control. Um, but yeah, I'm just sticking with the, the gamepad. Works fine for me. Although you're not wrong. Kiefer Sutherland doesn't add anything to this. No, he doesn't. He's not. I don't get why they didn't keep the, the old guy, because he was fine. Yeah. I mean, he was good. I mean, it's a bit weird. That maybe he, Hideo knew he was going to get like ousted or something and was all like, what do we do? I don't know. Let's just spend a shit ton of money on Kiefer Sutherland. Yeah. Let's get my revenge in some financial way. I don't think he's even a good um, casting. Like, even if he was putting everything into it, he doesn't seem like a kind of big boss type to me. No, it doesn't really work for me. No, um, but he doesn't really talk, awful, so it's fine. But I don't think it's yeah, he, yeah. He talk. There are plenty of moments already in the game where, like, especially when Ocelot's like telling you about Afghanistan or something like that, and it's just like, why aren't you asking questions? You still know nothing about what's going on here. And yeah, I guess later true. on, it does come out that oh, actually, all of this is in. He was briefed on the trip over here, but you have to listen to it yourself in cassette tape form. Right, yeah. It's like, okay, maybe that sort of works, but you're still very quiet. It's also a bit weird how, like, because in in Metal Gear Solid 3, and I guess other games, and in um, the the Solid Snake actor, what's his name? David Hater, is it? David Hater. Yeah. Yeah. He played Big Boss as well. And that's a bit strange yes. having like your dad sounding identical to you, but I guess there's precedent in that. But like, and I thought, well, maybe they've changed it because it's a bit weird having Solid Snake sound exactly the same as, I guess they're clones, aren't they? So it makes more sense. Like mm. Solid Snake is a clone of Big Boss. So, But then Liquid is as well, isn't it? Yeah. And he has a weird accent, like a weird, not mm. British bad guy accent. So you'd think he would sound the same if that logic held. But then what's, I'm pretty sure that. Um, uh, Huey Emmerich is the same voice as ha- as Otacon or Hal Emmerich in like, and he's in this game. Like, um, also, I think Ocelot is voiced by Troy Baker. Just saying. Oh, really? Oh, that makes sense. Sounds like it. <laughs> Sounds a lot like Troy Baker. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I did read one Reddit comment that said that they they managed the amazing feat of making Revolver Ocelot boring, which I think is sort of <laughs> true because in other games he's insane well, and amazing. In fairness, I I kind of prefer him to Miller at the moment. I find Miller yeah. really irritating. Well, Miller's just an annoying, especially when he does guy. his like weird like I don't know like when when you first bring him back or whatever, and he does his like speech, his mission statement thing on on the helipad of mother base yeah yeah, yeah. whatever and he just keeps going on and on and you're just like shut up kaz <laughs> well he's just i don't know yeah i know what you mean ocelot's motivations are kind of more i know he's supposed to be the slippery one or whatever but they kind of make more sense than like kaz and big mm. boss but there you go yes like, i love how a, kaz in weird, is like in, in a weird kaz way like kaz. unlike the other metal gear games it's just like just Unlike the other Metal Gear games, the less you think about the story, the better it is in this case. And it's like, yeah. well, that's not metal, very Metal Gear. Actually, Metal Gear is all about figuring out the oddness yeah. of everything. Whereas this one, so far, it's just been, you know what, the oddness is just bad. It is, yeah. I, I, I agree. It's totally flipped because I don't think that, not that I've got all the way through it, but I don't think the story is that, or the characters are that good in this one, but the game is fucking amazing. So, mm. yeah. Yeah. Yes, I'm, I'm definitely going to carry on with this. It cool, yeah. hasn't annoyed me enough yet, but I'm still still enjoying discovering stuff and the oddities and 
Well, I think the idea is that you just get more and more options the more and more shit you unlock. I just don't have that much research capability, even though I've been playing it for 26 hours, so that's kind of annoying. Mm. (laughs) But there you go. I'll get there. I'll eventually unlock stuff. I mean, I unlock the, like, because, what's his name? Danny, Dan, um, from um, Dan Reichert, kept going on about the Riot Riot SMG. But I haven't even equipped it. I I unlocked it, and I'm like, no, I'm just sticking with the... uh, Assault with the pistol, right? no, with the well, yeah, I use that to shoot out lights and stuff, so I need that. <laughs> okay, <laughs> but I, I never use it for anything other than that. I just use the freaking trank pistol, and that's all I need, really. Yeah, I want, I want better trank guns. Like, yeah, or at least more ammo. Yeah, more ammo, ammo is my biggest good. problem. Yeah, yeah. although okay. I, you can just supply drop stuff in, but supply drops are quite expensive. Yeah, you can do. I run out of C4 when I'm trying to blow up tanks and stuff. Turns out it takes like three lots. Did you? There's a side up where you have to um, blow up two tanks, or I don't know if it's a side up. Right? I think it is a side up. It's just a very big one. Um, but I, I tried to do it with yet. C4, and it's like beware. It takes like three packs of C4 if you haven't upgraded it to like blow up one tank. So it was kind of annoying. So I wanted to do it stealth, but anyway, finally managed it. I suppose you could do one, run away. Get a supply drop in. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah, that's what one. I did. So I, I planted, yeah, three lots on one, ran away, got the supply drop, and then went planted the other four, whatever, came yeah, I mean, and, and, and then blew them up. I think maybe it's like things like that. I wonder if what, what like supply drops and stuff like that are things that they learned from Ground Zeroes as being irritating, right? Because in Ground Zeroes, you had to go find the buildings in which stuff was stored. Like, oh, this building's the rocket launcher building. If I'm going to try and do this, yeah. if I'm going to replay this mission and try and do it better, I better make sure to go, go by, swing, bit, by, swing yeah. by this building. Um, you know, and, you know, supply drops just make trivialize that. I do wonder, like, what the hell they're doing with their airspace in this game. <laughs> you know, it's just like, let your helicopter just go wherever it wants. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, you'd think the Russians would see it a fucking mile off with their radar and stuff. Like, it doesn't make any <laughs> yeah. sense how you can just appear and you can literally land, like, in earshot of an enemy base and they don't even seem to care it's quite weird it would make more sense if like <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying this in a way if you just like you didn't have any of that deployment sequence and you just appeared in your box where like a mail, mail drop off point yeah and that was how you deployed that was how you deployed well the other thing about the airspace is the fultoning right you must have like a freaking Hercules that's circ- circ- circling at 10,000 well, feet or whatever up, though Oh, it is the helicopter, isn't it? Yeah, it's the helicopter oh, yeah. that picks them up in this. Yeah, it is. Apparently, I, I, sense, I read somewhere yeah. that you can ride if you when you eventually get the ability to Fulton containers. Yeah, um, so I still you, can, that you can you can extract yourself by just riding one of those. Oh, sweet! So just get in the container. <laughs> just get on the container, Fulton it, and then just ride it to safety. <laughs> That's sweet. Oh man. <laughs> You should That'd be, be a great to... way of getting out of a mission, though. I right? mean, there's no because real there's reason lot... why you shouldn't be able to filter yourself, is there? If you think about it. No, I suppose not. No. Yeah. Anyway, I've heard some ridiculous stuff, like what you can do with Fultons, like I think, like um, taking out a helicopter by parking a jeep underneath it, <laughs> starting the Fulton process on the jeep, attaching a C4 to it. <laughs> Right, and then as it gets wafted up, blow up the C four, and it will take the chopper out. <laughs> That's nice. <laughs> but so I can't but wonder: it's like, do you need the C four? Won't just like it the jeep getting fulted up, which just take the just helicopter blow it up. out? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I don't know. Anyway, things to, things to try. It's not quite just cause three in that respect, but it's getting there. No, boy.
That's a good game. Uh, right, have you well, played anything sure else? Uh, no, other than Wipeout, no. Um, I still have to do the last year of Grim Fandango. And, um, oh, I did play uh, the start of an indie game. And mm-hmm. I've now forgotten the fucking name of it. Undertale. How unusual for you? Oh, right, that. Yeah. yeah. Everyone's been... Is that the sort of mother-based... Uh, well, not mother, what's Work. it called? Earthbound. It kind of looks um, that way, I guess. Yeah. Anyway. With the um, sort of like bullet-dodging uh, combat. No, of. I haven't done... Uh, no, the combat is more like RPG style, but like you can kind of... You can do it non-lethally by kind of undermining the confidence of the monsters or something, or like knowing <laughs> they're weak. Yeah, so it's it's quite it's pretty cool. Uh, yeah, uh, check it out. Uh, Laura recommended it to me. She was showing it to me, so uh, and I, well, she was getting me to play it. So, but I will continue playing. I've, that I've heard a lot of good things about it. Yeah, it's it, pretty cool. It it's come up uh, in from numerous uh, online sources. Yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting one. So I shall I shall report back on that one. Cool. Cool. I feel that. You want to go with what else you've been playing, Rob, and then uh, we'll get to... Uh, shall I, or should we segue to, segue to Zach? To yeah, we can segue to Zach. <laughs> Did you even play anything else? <laughs> you played Network Game Plenty. I mean, technically, yes. Not that I played the Rocket League, I suppose, yeah, we, that's we, the same we, as always. That's like the TFT conversation. <laughs> it's like we've, done, we've talked enough about Rocket League. Apart from we haven't really, because there's some quick stuff in it. I did notice that on the Rocket League front, they when they did this last update where they put in that new arena, which is slightly different. Oh yeah, they had the wasteland. Yes. But what also was in that patch is they took out Beach Ball and Time Warp out of the mutator rotation. Oh really? Did which they... made sense for Beach Ball. I'm not sure about Time Warp. I didn't think that was quite not... such a flow breaker as Beach no, Ball. Was. There, was nothing, there was nothing really wrong with Time Warp. I mean, it's weird. Yeah. But, you know, that's the point of the mutator mode. Oh, it's a shame about Beach Ball. I kind of enjoyed it. It was dumb, but I kind of enjoyed it. <laughs> it was fucking impossible. It took forever. <laughs> ball was too big for the goal. I don't think that was the main problem. Maybe if they made the goal was like twice the size. <laughs> I think the problem with Beach Ball is like it wasn't really like a Beach Ball. Because it wasn't like bouncy. You couldn't hit it and propel it. You had to be pushing it. It was like it was resistive to sideways motion. Yeah, it was. He- it felt heavy, didn't it? Yeah. It's like it went up and down like a beach ball, but it didn't seem to go sideways. But actually, if it was properly like a beach ball, it should like like have wind resistance or something, right? Yeah, it's, but it's you should still be able to hit it. it initially fast, which is what it doesn't do. Mm. It's like the impact of the ball makes almost no effect. It's just the fact that your car continues to push it. Yeah. It pushes it forwards. Maybe there's a way of tweaking that. Like you just increase the ball speed or something, or yeah, maybe that was weird anyway. Yeah, so we've been doing that. Uh, it, there are two other things I could briefly talk about. Um, okay. I went back to Splatoon, okay. Um, given that it's had a few updates, yeah, and stuff like that. I think Splatoon has gained a problem, <laughs> okay. Um, in the sense that I don't think anyone in Europe is playing it, right? Because every time I've gone on. Uh, for the last few times I've tried it actually I seem to end up in Japanese rooms mm. and my ping experience has not been good which is a shame because I think that's a really great game Yeah, I'm not sure I can play it properly anymore well that was fun while it lasted yeah it's and it just annoying. released the second of the, the new maps that they mentioned on the Nintendo Direct so um, I haven't yet tried that yet but um and the only time I've managed to try what the other level was on 
tower control, which is, you know, probably my least favorite of the ranked modes. Um, and yeah, I didn't think that that played that well in that scenario. I'd like to try it just as a normal turf war, but you know, it's one of those things you've got to catch it when it's on. <laughs> yep. Um, Still. So I'll, I'll try it again. It, might, it may have just been a bad day. Maybe I was playing it at a time when no Europeans dared to splat. You think um, by now they should should have expanded how many maps are in the rotation at once? I, thought they, were going, yeah, I <laughs> thought they were going to do that because obviously doing Splatfest, they do that. They expand yeah. it to three. Um, yeah, I really thought that was going to happen, but it hasn't yet. And maybe it won't because, you know, as far as we know, this is the end of their current um, update schedule. Yeah. They haven't said any more than this. Um so who knows? Splatoon might be dead, which is a shame. But we'll see. I'll, I'll check back in with it before the end of the year. Uh, and the other thing uh, I've played all the way through and done everything on was grabbed by the Ghoulies <laughs> as part of the Rare Replay collection. Yeah. Okay. That's a bad game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I played it all the way through, goddamn, because <laughs> I had to. Like, like, like the completionist in me is just like, I've got to finish this now. I need those sweet stamps for Rare Replay to unlock videos and stuff. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah, I don't know where to start with this one. It's, um, like, on in some respects, it is a very rare game, right? It's, like, got some of the the quirk, some of the humour, some of the visual design is there. I mean, in, in, in retrospect, they've done a pretty... I don't know how much of this is, like, um, remastering work that they've done to... Because this is the one original Xbox game that's in the Rare Replay collection, and they've made it run at 1080, and they've made it widescreen in places where widescreen makes sense, which mm-hmm. actually cre- creates some jarring transitions when it changes, but whatever. They've done that stuff. Um, so I don't know how much work they've done cleaning up textures or how much other improvements they've done to it. But for an original Xbox game... If they haven't done a lot of work to it, it's a pretty good-looking original Xbox game. Has to be said. Like you know, there's some there's some good uh, there's some good visual design there. There's some nice reflection work. There's some physics. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know that aspect has to be commended. There's some neat. There's some nice sound in places. There's some uh, stuff like that. But boy, is that game like there's there's just nothing to it. It feels like it's like someone had an idea, round of it, and then they just like. No, there's, there's no way this is going to work. Oh, man, we better crap something out. So what it ends up being is a sequence of uh, linear rooms with combat challenges in them, except the combat is garbage. <laughs> it's like it's so simplistic and so rubbish. Like So the only controls you have are left stick to move uh, and right stick to punch in a certain direction um, and A to occasionally pick stuff up. And that's all you have. Um and so the combat really falls down on sort of on some irritating enemy design. The fact that there's that combat doesn't initiate immediately. Like when you press the stick, you have to wait for an animation to play out before your punch lands. For instance, it's not like instant or fast or fun like a DMC or a bayonetta or something like that. It's um, it, it it's it's a little bit it's slow and sluggish and hard to get right, hard to time. Um, and also, you don't necessarily know what move your character is going to throw. Is it going to be a little kick? Is it going to be a punch? And therefore, uh, timing your moves to hit something at the right time is really kind of random. Um, and some of the enemy designs rely on timing. 
in order for you to get your attacks in. Yeah. So that just Annoying. doesn't work. No. <laughs> um, there's there's some enemies that are that go through phases where you just can't hit them, which is indicated by them being red for some reason. Um, it doesn't make a great deal of sense in some places. And there's many occasions where they all move at your speed, so you can't really outrun them um, because they'll just path movement directly towards you. You know, they'll just sit there. And of course, the, that means they'll just catch up with you eventually because they've got perfect precision on getting up to you. You know, it's it just doesn't work. <laughs> and that's all this game is, really. It's just like you go from room mm. to room, you do a combat challenge in each room, and you, you just keep going, and that's it. And, and the challenges get more and more arbitrary and awkward as you go on. Like, oh, in this room, filled with destructible environment stuff, you're yeah. not allowed to destroy a single pot. <laughs> it's like, so you immediately fail that. And then the Grim Reaper turns up, who, path, who again just sets his sights on you and moves straight towards you with a death hand held out. That if he touches you, you just die instantly and have to replay that room. And uh, you can sometimes... There are a couple of clever-ish challenges where you can use that to your advantage. Where you know, if he elect, if he death touches an enemy, they all die. Uh, and there are certain rooms where there are certain enemies that you can only kill with a certain weapon, but you might not have that weapon, so you have to use the Grim Reaper to kill them. Um, but then that makes it a real crapshoot because sometimes you don't. You have to try and kite enemies into each other, and then it might not plan out as you wanted. Even if you did the thing that you wanted to then might not be able to run away because of the way things played out. It's just <laughs> random. It just lacks that certain rare, you know, game. It lacks rare's talent for actually making games with gameplay. I don't know. <laughs> well, that kind of sucks. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a weird outlier. And as it turns out, going through the credits, it's actually made by a lot of the core rare team. Like the people that are still there. At rare, and they've been there since the beginning. It's actually made by a lot of them, so I bet there's there must be more of a story to why this game is what it is because it's just so underbaked. It's so not there. I wonder what I wonder generally about rare and what the hell's going happened. Yeah, what happened since Microsoft took over? Just what happened? (laughs) Don't get me wrong; they've made some good stuff. Because like after that, what was it? Viva Pinata was next. Mm. Oh no! Wait, Perfect Dark Zero was next. <laughs> well, okay, <laughs> technically, even Pinata is a good game. No, I hate to think what the achievements might be like on that. No, well, they're just the Xbox 360 ones. Well, yeah, <laughs> but a lot of them signed. Uh, yeah, I think we got as far as doing like 600 of the thousand of them, or well, thousand points worth of them on the original, and we never dabbled or troubled on Paradise enough. Uh, I can't remember. Some of them are really awkward. Yeah. Like, get all of the pinatas, which I don't think we ever did. I no. think there are some we never discovered because the requirements are weird and a lot of the secrets are odd. Like the thing about the three-headed snake. Yeah. Or the dragon. How the bloody hell do you get the dragon? How do you make that one egg crack? <laughs> yeah. yeah it's, a, it's a weird-ass game. It's like, it's kind of eye-opening in a way because it must have been at a time of great turmoil for Rare and it's like this is this is all they could do as a result of that yeah what was going on also um, there's, a, there's a I think this is somewhat ironically named uh, achievement called the future of gaming 
Uh, and it's like, it's one of the core mechanics of this game is every now and then you'll get, your character will get a super scary shock, which basically means, here, input all these buttons on screen real fast, otherwise your character will die from a heart attack. Oh, God. <laughs> That's insane. It's, it's, it's bad. It's just bad. And the more I thought about it, the more it gets worse. There perhaps could have been a decent idea underneath there, like, but they just needed more. Mechanics needed tightening. The combat needed to be less crap. The... It's just bad. This is a real shame. I don't have anything more to say on that. Grab <laughs> the goodies. Yep. Other games. I'm done. Yeah, Rob's done. It's time for Zach. Apparently. What have you been playing? Well, I played some more Fallout 4, somewhat. Actually, quite a lot because I started a new character. <laughs> uh, Why? Yes, this was Have your, you finished you your character? Me, no, I hadn't, got, I hadn't got virtually anywhere through the main story as far as I can tell. Well, I, like, I hadn't even got to the actual institute, which is maybe where the actual story starts to make sense. Because it's sort of dumb how... I mean, it's dumb anyway because it's the classic, like, go, save your son, you must save your son, but first, let's do all mm. the <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a race against time. Yes, it's not quite a race against time because <laughs> you don't really know... Well, I guess you don't know whether it's a race against time. You I just guess. know your son is out there somewhere and you're like, okay, okay I need to find him, but you don't know whether he's any, in any immediate danger or not. <laughs> in a way, that's fine, right? Like, the, the setup for a long, meandering story because you just don't know anything. <laughs> yeah, but you, you don't also don't seem particularly worried about it. Well, it's, pretty, it's kind of hard to be in a way. Well, the other trouble is that, like, your character doesn't put two and two together except when they do, and it's weirdly, like, abrupt. Because basically, you're cryogenically frozen from the vault in the war and all that stuff. Because, yeah. you know, the vault is an experiment and all that shit, like all the vaults are. So you get cryogenically frozen for 200 years from before the war to after the war, and then you wake up, and your character is not really perturbed by that at all. It's just like, oh, well, I guess I'm 200 years in the future now, and the wasteland is all fucked up. And <laughs> Better deal with this. Yeah, doesn't really care that much. But then, like, so you, at the start of the game... You you wake up midway through the cryosleep and your your you see opposite you there's like your spouse and your son and the pod opens and they murder your spouse and the, your son gets taken away and so and so it's like it's really obvious what the twist is where it's like well obviously you go back into cryosleep for a period of time and then when you wake up your son isn't going to be a baby any longer <laughs> it's like that's really incredibly obvious mm. as a twist for this for this setup spoiler alert not really <laughs> but so. Like, initially when you come out and you start looking around the wasteland, you're like, I need to find my son. Every time you talk to someone, it's like your, your character is just like, I'm looking for a baby. And it's like, my infant oh, son right, got stolen yeah. or whatever. And so, so it's like, yeah, well, okay, maybe your character hasn't put two and two together yet, even though the twist is obvious to the player. Hmm. But then, like... Maybe that's a narrative point, right? So you're sitting there squirming in your chair going, come on, man. <laughs> well, maybe. But then you so you get to this town and you meet this detective guy who everyone loves. You've probably heard of him. <laughs> Is he the Mysterious Stranger? No he, no. he looks quite a lot like the Mysterious Stranger, apart from he's also a robot. But anyway. Okay. So you meet this detective guy 
and he gets on your case or whatever. You want him to help you find your son. Get off my case, man. <laughs> so you talk to him about your about what happened and like the cryogenic freezing in your son and the dudes who took your son and all that stuff. And then in that conversation, you say, like, I'm looking for this baby to him. And then he, once he realizes who the bad guys are, like he already knows of these bad guys, he says that he was seen recently with a, like a 10 year old child. And then like, so the dialogue options that you get at that point are either like, you can either say, oh, it's probably someone else's kid. Or you can say, that's obviously my son. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. But if you pick the, that's obviously my son option, your character is suddenly, suddenly like, holy shit, that's obviously my son. And the detective guy is like, no, you tell me you're looking for a baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just like, so it goes back in. Anyway. Yeah, it's like it, re- it inverts where your your character suddenly has the realization that where it's like, oh, maybe more time passed during the crow's sleep. But then the other side of the conversation is like, no, you just told me it was a baby. Hmm. <laughs> so it's like it's really abrupt. And then like, but then wait, hang on. There's something about this that doesn't make a great deal of sense to me because if if there was a baby in crow's sleep, yeah, and came out perhaps early. Yeah. Or something like that. Does that mean someone would have had to have gone into the vault and just nicked the baby well, and then I said. kind of left you there? That's what happened. They kill your spouse and they take the baby. That's what I said. Hey. <laughs> You're not just paying attention to that whole bit. No, I wasn't. <laughs> you see it arrow in front of you. But then, like, the mission after that where you go and confront the bad one of the bad guys, I guess, because this is quite early in the game, so it's obviously not the bad guy. You go and confront one of the bad guys and when you talk to him, he's like... Do they take her wife away then? No, she, they get killed. Yeah, but in the crow pond, and then the crow pond closes again. Yeah, but then if he could have opened it up, right, and then looked at it and been all like, "Oh, she's been dead a while." <laughs> or well, you see it happen in front of you because you're partially awake during the crow defrosting thing. No, I'm just trying to work out if there's some other clue that he could have just looked at. And well, since all, like, the crow pond closed again, I guess it like yeah, suspended yeah. them back into the dead state at that moment yeah, or whatever. Dead suspended. I mean, they're still dead, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but not rotting. Yeah. But then, like, so you go and confront the the dude you saw in that vault sequence, and you confront him, and he's like, sl- he visibly looks slightly older, which is you know a hint or whatever. But then he says, "Oh, like, oh, your son, he wasn't what you were expecting." And it's like at this point, you still haven't seen your son. You don't know anything about it, mm-hmm. and your character doesn't respond to that phrase at all. It's like the game really doesn't know whether it wants you to know that your son is old or not. <laughs> Right. <laughs> it's just like it randomly throws bits of it about. Hmm. Well, that could have just been like a slight mess of like where they think conversations would have happened or Well, I was thinking that, but it doesn't really work like that because this is like the main storyline. Hmm. It's like this all happens in the right order. You you couldn't have like skipped ahead or anything. Right, right. And you don't really find any other information from outside the main storyline that pertains to the main storyline. Okay. Apart from vague things about, like, oh, the Institute makes the simps and the <laughs> simps are doing things. Right, okay, gotcha. So, yeah, it's a bit dumb. It's like the story is kind of messed up as far as I've seen so far. And, like, badly acted, of course, <laughs> as you would expect. But anyway, I made this second character, <laughs> as I was saying at the start of this story. I made this second character because I thought my main character was kind of boring, because I made this main character, like, the way I would normally make a main character... I guess the same way I did in Fallout 3, where it's like stealth and rifles and hacking and lockpicking and similar crafting. To your, similar to your Skyrim approach as well. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's just like it's the obvious way yeah. to play the game. But the trouble is now, 
because the perk tree is that weird way where it's like it's tied to your leveling up and you can choose which perks you want almost freely but it's okay. dependent on your stats and everything mm -hmm. because of that it doesn't really make you make as much interesting choices because like in fallout 3 every time you leveled up you'd have to choose between one of two perks oh right yeah and it wouldn't and then you'd be locked out of the other one right? yeah and yeah. those perks were like slightly more interesting because of that because it mm. was making you progress in a certain way whereas in this you can just choose what you want so i like when i have stealth and lock picking and hacking and writing rifles it's like that's how i want to play the game but it's not it's like those are the quite basic perks i think it's it's a method for success but a very predictable method for success or yeah i guess so uh, on the second character i was doing an expert also the other reason I made this second character is because I wanted to see if Vats was viable or not. Okay. So I made a character specifically that went away from the way I was playing my main character and went into basically perception and luck, which is those together make or make you more capable in Vats, weirdly. So yeah, that's like a more interesting character. Is kind of the same. I mean, I'm still mostly going stealth and going for sneak attacks and stuff. And I, but I don't have access to crafting, and I only have lock picking and, and not hacking, which makes it slightly more awkward sometimes. But yeah, it's generally more interesting. The luck tree is funny because it's just like weird triggered events mainly. Mysterious stranger and criticals and mysterious stranger exploding into gibbage. Mysterious stranger is the most awesome thing. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> So yeah, I've played I've played approximately to the same place I got on my main character with that second character now. <laughs> okay. More or less. Oh, and the other re the other thing I was doing with my secondary character is you find like a Brotherhood of Steel scout party quite early on, and the Brotherhood of Steel is like one of the sub factions that you can sort of join and work for okay. like as a side part to the main story. And as it's kind of weird that you meet them this early because you don't really know what the other factions are at that point. Right, yeah. So you just sort of naturally join them, I guess, because mm. they're just dudes. Does the game let you swap? Like, Well, supposedly you can basically work for all three up to a point and then there's like a decision where it okay, splits. Right. So I, I don't think there's anything... I don't think there's any reason not to do their missions initially because then you can just like abort out of it later or yeah, something. Okay. Whenever this obvious... Yeah, whenever this thing comes. happens. So I wanted to... But on my main character, I hadn't done... I hadn't chosen to join them initially, but I progressed the main story to a point where, like, more Brotherhood started turning up. Because <laughs> this, this was, like, only a scout party, and now, like, the main giant airship has arrived or whatever. And I was like, well, this is weird, because then if I go talk to these guys, they're suddenly like, oh, shit, um, we're not a scout party any longer. <laughs> we need to go back to the airship and do things. And it, like, so on my main character, I went there and talked to them, and they're just like, you're now promoted to a, like, a quite a high rank. Just get the fuck on the airship. And I was like, well, that's weird. I haven't really done anything for you. <laughs> so on my second character, I was trying to do it before I progressed the main story, and I was like, how does this play out if I actually do it before? <laughs> do it in the correct order, I guess. <laughs> right. And it makes slightly more sense. That just reminded me, random aside, yeah. good news we missed. Uh, the Valkyria Chronicles game got a uh, got a name. Yes, well, it sort of already had a name. So. Well, that I don't even know what it is to be honest. I can't remember. It's like Azure something or other. Yeah, but and and it's 
it, it, they have shown a, you know a little bit more info came out that making it look a lot like an action RPG. Yeah, it's not a not really it's a not, it's not a strategy, it's not a strategy game anymore. Disappointing. Yeah. Sorry, carry on. Yeah, just while I remember. So yeah, that's what I mainly did for that for, and I've also been experimenting with with like I wanted to see whether it was actually worth setting up like scavenger stations in your base because yeah, it says on the scavenger station it's like it, it produces more scavenging output which as far as i can tell is meant to like put resources into that base's storage over time but it's kind of hard to notice it's like sometimes you'll see like actual junk items appearing like oh look there's a random cake pan in there that wasn't there before <laughs> and it's like that makes sense does it? Random cake pans? But it's just like shit that people found. Okay. Is what the, this is like what the idea of it seems to be. But I can't tell like how fast it's happening. So I'm, I've been setting up like a base which is only for scavenging. Whereas like I'm going to put like as many scavenging stations as I can fit and have everyone do it and see how fast it actually produces. Hmm. See whether it's worthwhile doing that. And I've also been making a ridiculous collection of power armor frames. I discovered like a really dumb trick which is maybe not that unobvious. It's like quite obvious. Mm. But if you snipe the fusion core that's in the back of the power armor, the bit that powers it, you can see it as a target in VAT. If you snipe that, like, and do enough damage to it, it for it like ejects and forces the enemy to get out of the power armor. Oh right. <laughs> which is actually quite a cool mechanic. Does that mean you can nick the power armor? Yeah, then you can steal stuff. the frame. Because yeah. if you just kill an enemy who's in power armor, they fall over and then you can't use it any longer. Mm. I mean you can steal the armor parts, but you can't use the frame. Oh, right, okay, yeah. So, like, if you slope the fusion core out of it, it's, they get out and it leaves it standing there so you can yeah, potentially cool. take it. Yeah, but the enemy doesn't think to just pick up the core and put it back in. Well, it explodes after it ejects. Oh, okay. Which also does quite a lot of damage if anyone happens to be standing nearby mm. as a bonus. But, like, so I did that on this, like, raider who was wearing power armor. But the trouble with that is that... I don't know why, but for some reason that makes the power armor like illegal to get in because it says steel like oh, on right. the on you know like how skyrim and all the other games yeah. and it, like steel is like if it's owned by someone but even, though, even though it was a combatant yeah but a it was a raider and b they're all dead <laughs> <laughs> yeah let me take this thing weird so do you get in trouble for that or? well the thing is like so i have had a companion with me and if i if i got into that armor it was it would be like he doesn't like that because you stole it mm. obviously but the weird thing about it was, like, you could order him to get into it, and he doesn't give a shit. <laughs> oh, I see. But unfortunately, even doing that doesn't reset the ownership. Like, if you tell him to get into it, and then later tell him to get out and try and get in it yourself, it still registered as enemy, like steel. Yeah. And I'm like, well, that's dumb. But it doesn't really matter. I've got more than enough other power armor frames hanging uh, around my face. Like, theft of enemy things shouldn't really be theft, right? Well, because... and also... I mean, it's not like you're stealing off like the good citizens. Of yeah, exactly. Nuketown, and if they're all dead, now. also. <laughs> oh yes, <laughs> that should revert ownership when someone dies. Yeah, that sounds like a bug. Yeah, it's slightly annoying. I mean, there, there used to be ways to sort of get around it in the other games. Like you could sometimes reset the ownership by doing certain things, which is why mm. I thought ordering my companion to get in it should have reset it. Yeah, but it didn't. So yeah, it's kind of ridiculous. I've been building up, like, I want a power armor frame for each, like, type of power armor, because it's cool, just to have them standing around, like, full set. <laughs> like a little, little, little museum. Yeah. My, my, but the trouble is, you don't, of course, you don't find full sets of power armor. 
So my power armor at the moment has like, I have a really good head and torso and right arm. I have a moderately good left arm and left leg. And then I have a really bad right leg <laughs> that always just explodes immediately. Because <laughs> I haven't found a single other right leg since the, since the start of the game. Oh, the first one you get. <laughs> when you say it explodes immediately, does that like have a crippling effect on the No, arm it just means you lose the armor bonus of that part. Right. So if you get shot in the leg, it's pretty bad. Well, I don't know if it actually affects the actual damage. I guess it probably does because limbs are important. Mm. But yeah, it, it contributes to your overall damage reduction, I suppose. Mm. So yeah, that's done. And that's Fallout. And then the other thing... I'm not quite sure how you... I think we may have touched on this last one. I'm not sure how you feel about that game as a result of these, these stories. But it's fine. I mean, it's like, there's a lot of stuff to do, which is probably the best thing about it, really. Speaking. <laughs> yeah, you can always go and fi- find another thing to explore. Mm. I want to know what your what your um kind of what you're going to put up for game of the year at this rate. Zach? Yeah, that'll be. Interesting. I think Zach's list is going to be interesting. I think it's going to differ from what we expect. Well, the trouble is that, as always, we haven't played a lot of the same things. Well, I'm sure we, <laughs> we've, we've gone for coverage this year. But I just well, don't. Well, I just want to know what your what your game of the year is, Zach. Really, I mean, given. I mean, I've been toying with the idea of maybe there. we should. Like as well as doing like the, the the big game of the year list, maybe our individual shouts should have their own spots. <laughs> yeah, let's just make that thing even longer. Yeah, it's not it's not much discussion though in our individual like list, right? Well, no, you'll, you'll have your list by that point. But that's part of what the the actual main discussion is. We say yeah, our individual things in so. there as well. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I think it's fine. That's why I said space game that one time. <laughs> <laughs> yes, game of the year. <laughs> so the other thing I did. With, which also has like a has like a nice transition story from Fallout Four. I also got Just Cause Free, and the interest the transitional story here is like I got both of them physically, like actual discs. Oh right, like a box. Yeah, like a box <laughs> with a wow. disc in it. So both these games are obviously built in Steam. Like they go through Steam, and even if you have the disc, it's just like you put the code into Steam at some point. Yeah. And like when you put the disc in, a Steam window pops up and says, "Now we can install this thing." Yeah. So I got Fallout Four first, and that was a singular DVD that wasn't even full. It was like five gigs. <laughs> it's like that's not even close to being a full DVD. Yeah, I don't know. I think you can get what eight. Yeah, like eight is a standard, isn't it? Yeah. So I had got like this five gig disc, you put it in, installs that, and then it downloads twenty gigs. <laughs> and I was like, well that's annoying and that is, dumb. That is quite funny. I mean it, I mean that puts the, the Master Chief collection to shame a little bit, where it did like um was it forty odd gigs of install off the Blu-ray. Yeah. And then um you had to download another twenty, 20. gigs to for the multiplayer. Yeah. <laughs> so that was annoying and stupid. But then when Just Cause Free turned up. Yeah, that was interestingly kind of the opposite because that comes on five DVDs. Wow. <laughs> and you get all five DVDs and that's the full <laughs> install. It doesn't even download anything from Steam. That's actually kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of rare. <laughs> I, I'm trying to think the last time I've heard that happen. Like, that might have been like Colin McRae 4 where they yeah. came on like four, four CDs. CDs yeah. yeah, that was giant. But yeah, this is... Uh, so basically Just Cause 3 is 50 gigs. Jeez. <laughs> That's big. It's fucking gigantic. Mm. So that was the first thing that was interesting. I was like, oh, no problem with installing this here. Don't have to worry about my internet connection. Just five whole DVDs of installation. Mm. 
which still took like an hour and a half, of course, because <laughs> you're copying off a free DVD right, at yeah. whatever speed that goes. Yeah, that can't be that can't be quick. No. And you have to hang so, around because yeah. you have to swap the discs out every. Yeah, day. you have to. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> to swap those over. So yeah, I did that. Got in there. Got into Just Cause Three. The first thing that was interesting about Just Cause Three was that it ran surprisingly well and looked pretty damn good. Yeah, I've heard a lot of mixed reports. About well, basically, don't buy game. Just Cause Three if you have an AMD graphics card because oh, really? then you're fucked. <laughs> oh really? It doesn't like AMD at all. Wow, that's bad. You get all kinds of horrible graphic errors where like the half the ground text just disappear and. <laughs> And then it just crashes. That's pretty serious. So yeah, they're trying to fix that apparently. And like, there's you know, install the beta drivers from, from, for the old graphics card, and it might be better or maybe not or whatever. Right. But on my system and Nvidia on the on the six seventy, which is just barely above the minimum recommended of six sixty, which is one of the reasons I didn't think to go for just cause because I know like, it's like I'm not sure I will be happy with this running at the minimum spec. Well, as always, your system mysteriously seems slightly worse than mine in yeah, general. Somehow there is, a, there is, even though option. we have exactly the same graphics card, pretty much. But yeah, it looks pretty goddamn amazing and runs better than I would have expected almost considering the huge amount of terrain and stuff there is I was about to say you have to cap it at like 30 or something to get I don't fuck with terrain rates so it just, <laughs> just does whatever I haven't really noticed you, you have quite a you have a much better tolerance yeah, for that stuff exactly. than I do so it's... I haven't noticed it being framey which means it's probably running around 30 most of the time I imagine no. <laughs> just, I think the same as the console versions I think they, they, they're 30 yeah but yeah it looks pretty fucking good considering it's a damn good looking game and it doesn't it's not like it even defaults to like low or anything most of the settings are on high no weird you'd think like did they just get their minimum spec wrong yeah I don't know it kind of seems like it or maybe it's relying on as as a lot of games more and more are that the onboard video memory not necessarily the clock speed of the card yeah possibly and 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 as was it the 670s carry is it 2 gig yeah I think it is yeah yeah but yeah I mean Probably that that doesn't account for the explosions, basically, because a lot of people have been saying that like once there's big big amounts of explosions, that's when it starts to get worse. Right. I mean, obviously. Okay, so, so when it's sense. when you're sat in the countryside doing nothing, it's like everything's everything's good. Yeah, once it's a drawing landscape, yeah. it's fine. <laughs> but I haven't really noticed it slowed down with explosions either, so I'm probably okay with it. And yeah, it looks pretty goddamn amazing and. You know, it's a big open world, very big open world, as it turns out. Mm. It's like gigantic. The funny thing about it is, like, it the map, like when you zoom the map out, you start on like the smallest of. I don't, I don't know whether it's going to be the smallest and then the middle and then the largest in order, or whether it's smallest middle, like smallest largest middle in terms of like what, land story progression. Okay. Yeah, yeah, through the land masses. But like, you start on the smallest island, and as you zoom out the map. Initially, you zoom it out and it's like, oh, this island has like seven provinces and it's like quite big. And you zoom out and you're like, okay, that's the whole island. And then you keep zooming out and there's like another island that's like twice as big next to it. <laughs> and you're like, fuck. <laughs> Although the provinces on that island are comparatively a lot bigger as well. Right. Like they just cover more. So it's still like seven provinces, they're just bigger. There's probably slightly more than seven on that main island, but yeah. They're just bigger on average. But even so, it's like you start to zoom out and you're like, ah, oh, the whole island, and then there's just a bigger one right next to it. <laughs> oh, damn it. 
But then there's the even bigger one, right? The northernmost one is massive. Well, that was the one I was talking about. Oh, okay. I think okay. the other one is like middle size. Okay. But that, I think that one might be the more, because it was the same with Just Cause 2, I think that one might be the more built up one, like the more major cities of oh, that one. Yeah, like mainland, I guess. Yeah. Like with the with the skyscrapers, probably because right, I haven't yeah. seen anything more than like the town. yeah regular Mediterranean-ish towns okay. yeah. so far. So yeah, how much like Just Cause Two is it? Quite a lot. <laughs> well, the thing about it is, it's a lot like Fallout Four. It doesn't fuck around with any amount of tutorials, which is kind of jarring. Right, it's and I, I wanted almost like some in both of those games. Right, <laughs> it's like it doesn't really explain anything. It's just like oh, you just go, and you can fuck around, and you don't even have to do the main story missions. You can just fuck around as much as you want. Hmm. Of course, well, it makes more sense to do that in just course, I guess. Because does it, does it lock off the islands at all? Or can you just go where you want? I don't think it does. I mean, it's just a matter of getting there. It would be right. It would take some time. Okay. Also, because you don't really have. You know, you don't have fast travel and you don't have as very many vehicles unlocked at the start and all that kind of stuff. But you do just get given the wingsuit, like, right at the start of the game. Right? Yeah. I mean, well, they sort of had to do that because the parachute is really slow. Mm. I mean, no, that was always the case. I think it's actually slower in this one than Just Cause 2. Maybe like, to make a bigger difference between yeah, the two so modes. Because you now have the wingsuit, they right. wanted the parachute to be, like, the slower but more controllable one. Mm. And the wingsuit for actually going fast. Trouble is, I suck at the wingsuit, so... <laughs> <laughs> right. So a lot of the time, I'll just use the parachute, parachute anyway. I just can't get the hang of, like... Because well, the whole idea of the wingsuit is, like, you're naturally sort of always going downwards. Yeah. So when you're hooking onto the ground to pull yourself along to get more speed, you have to kind of remember to force yourself to pull up while you're doing that. Yeah. So you kind of have to automatically control... You have to do it yourself. It's not really as automatic as the parachute. Because okay. mm. like, if you hook, hook the ground with the parachute and you really, you're basically just always staying level. Because oh, really? that's just how that works. Oh. Right. Whereas with the wingsuit, you actually have to sort of pull up to counteract it pulling you down. Mm. So yeah, I haven't really got the hang of the wingsuit yet. I quite like the... Um, and there'll probably be some points here for you to pull on, but I quite liked the Kotaku review of this. Because... Um, it, their major problem with the game was that, you know, actually outside of blowing stuff up, there isn't a great deal else to it. Yeah. And then they, and then they illustrated the next point with a gif of them just flying around going, but then there's this and just like just flying around the countryside in a wingsuit and they're like, and everything is okay. <laughs> I guess. I mean I don't They know. seem to really bloody love the wingsuit. I, I think my problem maybe is that it's, it feels almost like a Witcher, Witcher situation where they might need to do another pass on the controls. Oh, okay. Like, the car controls as well are also quite weird feeling. Yeah, apparently they redid, like, all of the controls. Well, this, yeah. Like, I imagine just, to start from scratch. It does again. seem like they would have done. It's just like the car controls feel... I, I mean, you get used to it. It's still a bit tricky on, like, bikes and stuff. But it, it's like... I would have said it almost feels like there's, like like mouse acceleration that apart from on keyboard is like when you push the button initially it doesn't seem to do anything but if you hold it down at all it's like what oh i see right <laughs> sort of a fine line between turning a little bit and turning too much yeah it's like it's almost like keyboard acceleration mm. <laughs> so i don't know about it it's kind of it makes it feel heavy but then also twitchy once you start turning and that can be a problem with like the wingsuit as well yeah, the <laughs> yes <laughs> 
this could be a problem with the wingsuit as well because it's like if you're trying to make a small adjustment it almost doesn't seem like it's doing anything but if you go too far like you're like <laughs> you just sling all over the place <laughs> okay which is annoying because like the wing wingsuit challenges where you they you're flying through rings uh, pilot wings yeah you're flying through the rings but then there's like a smaller ring in the middle that gives you bonus points okay. so you have to be like really precise actually all the challenges are quite difficult to score the high like maximum score on and the challenges is how you unlock the special equipment and stuff if there's a w- it, if there's one thing I seem to have noticed about this game is that I think it has more in common with Saints Road than I initially anticipated right like from the style of the challenge from the challenge designs up to some of the presentation for like result screens and things like that yeah there's quite a lot of it feels a very similar game <laughs> well it's because i think the thing that makes it the most similar is that like graffiti style oh yeah maybe because it's like yeah, gangster yeah <laughs> gangster only in this, in this it's like the resistance <laughs> and their anti-government graffiti or whatever mm. and it also does this weird thing when you're liberating a town as you go, you have to do like. Also, also, you have to say liberating in quotes. I don't know. Most <laughs> liberating of, by blowing it up. No, you barely touch the towns, really. I mean, I haven't. Well, I guess I haven't got into any, any of the bigger towns yet, but the largest thing I've seen is like a big old fuel tank. But okay. those, those generally are inside the police station, which is like the major fortified compound of the town. Uh, okay. So that's the part that you do actually have to fight in. Because generally, what happens in, in, when you're liberating a town is like. You'll have the stuff that's around the town, like the speaker posts and the billboards and stuff that you just have to knock over, and that's mm-hmm. fine. The statues, and then you have the police station where it has like occasionally fuel tanks and stuff. But the main idea is you go into the police station, open the gates so rebels can come in, and then just basically have a bit of a gun battle in there for a while. And then there's like a bar that fills up until until you've killed enough of the police, I guess. <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> chaos meter almost. Yes, almost. Not quite though. Yeah. But then, like, the last thing you do when you're liberating a town is, like, raise the flag. So, like, you take down the, the government flag and put up the rebel flag of this flag roll. And it does this really dumb... Like, you get this camera angle where it's, like, looking up at you from below as you're, like, raising the flag above you, behind you, up a... It's like a diagonal pole, not a vertical pole. So it, like, sticks off the side of the building. Yeah. And you raise the flag up, and then the flag gets to the top, and then there's fireworks! Yeah. <laughs> For no apparent reason. But then as the fireworks start exploding, it, like, slows down, so it's like... Whoo. <laughs> and then, it, then the result screen pops up. It's like that's really weird. Kind of cool though. And like if you if you do a rebel drop when you when the rebel drop appears and like you open the crates, confetti comes out for no reason. Just <laughs> 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 so like okay, that's so, dumb. So this is how we do it in the, the Mediterranean. We, everything's a party. Yes, and the one of the other weird things that I thought was fu- funny is the the. They did this in the other games, but like the the government controlled radio station or whatever. Every time you liberate like a military base or a installation or whatever, the government radio comes on and makes up some propaganda bullshit about how it was a terrible eyesore, so they tore it down or whatever. The classic technique of propaganda radio. They've done that before, but for some reason, the radio DJ guy who's making these announcements is David Tennant. Yep. <laughs> Is it? Yeah. Right? But the thing is, like, I think it's literally David Tennant, because I'm is. not sure he's actually playing a character. Oh, <laughs> okay. right. Okay. What, David Tennant just being David like he's Tennant? He's captured yeah. by the regime, and he's just... Yeah, and he's just forced to do their <laughs> radio reports. Oh, that's weird. Which is sort of weird, mainly because 
Like, you wouldn't have thought this, like, dictatorship would want a foreigner doing their propaganda. Because <laughs> he refers to himself as a foreign celebrity as well. Right. But he hasn't referred to himself by name yet, so I'm okay. still waiting to see if that'll turn up. <laughs> but yeah, I thought it was kind of weird that they... Because normally you want the propaganda to be, like, someone from, like, a local... Because that yeah, gives it yeah. more weight. Yeah. And especially when you're like listening to the radio towers and they're saying don't don't trust the foreign influencers and all that kind of mm. classic dictated shit stuff. But yet this guy's on their radio. <laughs> weird. That's very strange. And it's like weird Scottish accent in the middle of the Mediterranean. <laughs> yeah. That is very strange. It's don't tend like a fan. How did they get him? <laughs> Who knows? Do you have a question? Is he like a, is he like a big Just Cause 2 fan or something? It's all like, I'd love to do the voice of your game. I don't care what. Just give me a voice. Yeah. I mean, they could. They should just put him in as an actual character or something. Yeah. That would be well, point. he has done more kind of voice stuff. Like, he does like the... Um... Uh, the like narrator for the you know um, W1A in 2012 and those those BBC yeah. comedies doesn't he? So I think he does voice work quite a bit. I think he's done some like well, yeah, but that narration's a little bit different, right? Yeah, so I guess. Like, yeah, he's done. I'm sure he's done some nature stuff as well. Yeah, he has. The thing is, though, if they put him in as a character, that would have been even more like Saitro because he would have been like that dude in Saitro, the famous guy. What's his name? I can't remember. Oh, well, Burt Reynolds. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> it would have basically been the equivalent, wouldn't it? Oh, well, fucking Burt Reynolds. <laughs> yeah. That's possibly one of the best bits of that game. Because it's like he's just himself in that yeah. game, isn't he? Yeah, Burt Reynolds is Burt Reynolds. I watched um, uh, Boogie Nights the other day. I'd never seen it. Have you seen that, Rob? With, that's him, isn't it, Burt Reynolds? Boogie Nights. I haven't seen Boogie Nights. <laughs> that was funny. It's quite good. Yep. He's good in it. Yeah, as a kind of porn baron type, as a kind of you have you have a type. Is he wearing like a ten gallon hat? Or? No, it's more like um, you know, dodgy Hugh Hefner style than um, dressing gowns and shit. <laughs> okay, and dressing gowns and mustaches. Yep. Yeah. The classic. So yeah. Oh, and there was one other thing. One thing that has been slightly annoying about just cause in terms of like just like you know blowing shit up you have to blow off all this shit to liberate everything more so in the military bases mm. which can be a bit weird because it like it liberates the moment you destroy the last thing and then all the enemies disappear and all the rebels just appear <laughs> oh weird i mean it's covered up by the result screen appearing oh, okay. so there's like a slow motion fade to result screen and it just pops oh, back okay. up but then suddenly all the rebels are just standing there <laughs> oh, that's fine i'm okay with that but the thing about the thing about destroying everything in these military bases is, it gives you like a it gives you a sidebar that shows you everything you've got to do in like a list, and if you pop up the map, you can sort you can see like slightly more descriptive instead of just icons. But the trouble is, you can zoom the map in, but only so far, and then it shows you the icons of the things you've got to destroy. So the first problem is you can't really zoom in far enough to that, for that to actually be useful. Right. It's like, oh, there's some icons vaguely in the vicinity of where I am. <laughs> so that's not actually helpful. But the second problem is because a lot of these bases have verticality to them, which makes it a real pain in the ass to find things sometimes. Like there was one base where there's basically these big vertical spires. Mm. And like up to this point, I've been used to seeing fuel tanks on the ground. 
But in this base, there was a couple of fuel tanks that were attached to the side of the towers, like halfway up. No weird. So I looked for ages trying to find those because it was like, oh, there's just an icon on the map, and I have no idea. I'm looking for them, and I was like, where the fuck are these things? Fly a plane into the tower. Well, that tower, like the main structure of the tower, isn't destructible. Really, oh. it's like that bit solid. Other parts of it are destructible. And but then equally, there's also occasional bases where there'll be like there's a cave that goes under this base, and so maybe there's some things in there, and they're underground instead of up in the air. Huh. Which, like, I mean, they couldn't have just put it as like a heads up display UI element because that make it too easy, <laughs> I guess. But it does kind of like break the flow sometimes where you're in the middle of destroying all this shit in this enemy base and you've destroyed most of it and you've killed most of the guys, so you're not even really being shot at any longer. And then you're just sort of standing there looking around while the dramatic music is playing. <laughs> you're like, where the fuck is this last thing? And then you spend five minutes just sort of wandering around the right. place in the, trying to look for this last thing that's escaped you. Mm-hmm. It kind of ruins the dramatic flow of it. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it should, like, know, like, it's like, okay, you've pretty much done this, but you just need to destroy this one. I'll just show you where it yeah, is. Yeah, it should just show you the last couple of things. Because it's like, that's one of the things that, oh, I suppose that's the other thing I've been playing a lot of. I'm still playing a lot of Halo 5. Yeah, um, obviously. Uh, that's one of the things Halo does at the start of the Warzone games is like when the first thing you have to do is clear out your own base yeah. and like after, after a while it just highlights where the last few enemies are and stuff like that it's like, like here just deal with these guys get on with yeah. it it even does that in Fallout 4 like sometimes when you've got a mission to clear out an area like it will just start tagging them on the compass at a certain point mm. the last few enemies yeah. it's kind of it's helpful it's sort of an anti-frustration thing isn't it it's like where's that last guy and equally the that there's another sort of related problem to that in Just Cause Freeware. It's like when it does have like UI HUD highlights, they're just not far enough. Like sometimes it will be like, I can't find this thing because I'm standing at one end of the base and it's at the other and I just haven't got close enough for the thing to highlight. And I'm like, that's kind of sucky. <laughs> and also speaking of the lack of tutorials thing, there's been a couple of cases where I just don't know what the fuck to do, particularly with like the randomly spawned missions that are just in the world. Oh, the encounters. Yeah, the encounter type things where you're just like, help these civilians. So, I mean, there was one that was fairly funny where it's like, oh, this random civilian guy has run out of petrol in his car, tow him to the petrol station, which obviously is a great opportunity to use the tether. You tether him to your car and you tow him along. It's like, wow, that's actually a cool way of using that mechanic. It's a neat idea, yeah. Apart from the first one of those I saw, I was like, okay, park my car, attach the tether to my car, attach the tether to his car, jump in my car, Drive, his car swings out, hits him, kills him. <laughs> I'm like, oh. Apparently I have to be slightly more careful than that. Can you just like use the uh, terror retract button or is that the same as brake? No. no I, think it is a, I think it is a separate button. Okay. So you can just... But even then, it was just like, I, I just accidentally swung it into... I was expecting him to go and get back into his car. Right. Because that would be yeah. the logical way that would progress. But he didn't. So I swung it into him by accident he died. <laughs> But yeah, there was another one where I just happened across a random rebel who was like, I need to get this crate to the supply drop. I wonder if you could just take the car on at that point, actually, sorry. Like, like leave him alive, just like half a car. Well, I assume that was how that was meant to go. Right. Because <laughs> he didn't seem to be making any move to get in any vehicle at that point. <laughs> I found a random rebel who was like, I need to get this crate to the supply drop. And I was like, okay, it's a crate on the floor. What the fuck am I meant to do with that? <laughs> so, I, so initially I was like, well, obviously I have to like attach it to a vehicle and just drag it wherever 
So I like rebel dropped in a pickup truck and I was like, oh, I can be fancy. If I use the tether retraction, I can pull it into the pickup bed like a actual real crate. I see, that's clever. Of course, that doesn't really work because the physics and like... It just sort of jams yeah, it just like wobbles around and eventually pings out unless you keep the tether on it the whole time. Right. And then that kind of gets weird as well because for some reason having the tether in the back of the truck like fucks up the camera angle and makes it really, really zoomed out for some yeah, reason. Weird. Don't know what that's about. So I did that and I got the thing in the back of the truck and then I realized that, that I didn't know where the fuck I was taking this thing. Because as far as I could tell, it hadn't, <laughs> it hadn't shown a UI element to tell me where to go. Like the crate had a thing that said deliver on it. And I was like, after I'd driven around for a while in what I thought was the right direction, because I'd seen an icon on the map. And then I realized that that icon wasn't related to this at all. And I was like, where the fuck am I taking this thing? And there was no other indication. So I was just like, well, fuck it, I guess. And then I just left. <laughs> just quit that mission. <laughs> so, so like those things are cool, except for... Like when they don't tell you what to do, weird. just slightly more direction. Would it be depends useful. where the supply drop was, I guess. Well, the weird thing about it was this had spawned on like an incredibly tiny island where there was only like one road, hmm. and there wasn't even any civilian vehicles, which is why I had to supply drop that <laughs> truck in myself. Hmm. So I didn't even—I don't know where it was intending for that me to take that. I thought it was down at this rebel base that was like at the bottom of the cliff. So in the end, I was like using the tether to like monkey swing the crate down the side of the cliffs. And all kinds of ridiculous shit. <laughs> That's quite funny. Because the tether attracting thing is, you know, useful. You can sometimes use it. As, I found it's like it's useful to when you're doing the destruction challenges, where it's like just like destroy everything as fast as possible, or whatever. Because that works on a com- combo system. Those those destruction missions don't start until you destroy the first thing. You know, so like the timer doesn't start okay, until right, you yeah. initiate. Yeah with whatever weapon you've been given. But what you can do is before you start the time, you can just run, you still have access to your tether, but not like some other stuff. You still have your tether. So you can just run around and like tether a few things up. And then if your combo starts looking like it's going to drop, you can use the tether attraction to just cause some like minor destruction, like, oh, a, like a satellite dish somewhere, just to keep the combo going. <laughs> so you can use the tethers as like a backup to keep your combo going longer. Good or as an initiate, like, if if like one end of the base has some stuff, but the other end has stuff that's really far away, you can like use the tethers at the opposite end of the base to just get rid of those while you're busy at the other end. Mm. So yeah, you can use the tethers to do all kinds of dumb shit like that. I haven't got the upgraded tethers though. That's what I really want because the tether force isn't very strong initially. They break quite easily with the base version. Mm, so they would, like throw a jeep into a chopper yet? Or... No, it's kind of kind of they they can't even pull over the propaganda tower things oh, the speaker poles even with four tethers on it because you can attach multiple tethers if you want <laughs> cool but it didn't seem to be enough you could probably pull the individual speakers off I guess but there's six of them so that wouldn't even work no <laughs> so yeah so generally feeling you, you, there's a lot more smiles on your face regarding talking about this game well I mean it's it's cool and it looks awesome and it like you know explosions are fun yep but but you know, the re- almost the really rage quality of explosion. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Those yeah. big fuel tanks explode pretty goddamn good. Yeah, it's like finally you know, in a, we're in a hostile waters fashion. We awesome. finally got almost with all these years of graphics improvements. We finally finally almost matched hostile waters. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but yeah, so there isn't there really isn't like much else to do. Is the thing? It's like you liberate the towns, you liberate the military bases, and then there's like a small scattering of random other thing i mean there's those the mish the challengers that's fine mm. but then like the, the random collectibles i guess they're called 
even though they're not necessarily collectibles. Well, all right, there's just not very many of them, but I think that's probably a good thing, maybe. Not it's like, collectibles, it's yeah. like you don't want too many, because nice. then it gets like Assassin's Creed, where it's ridiculous. Yeah. But I think maybe there's not actually enough. <laughs> I couldn't give a shit. Like, do they even do anything? Well, some of them do. I mean, there's there's one of the types of collectible is like vintage parts, so you can unlock special vehicles and guns. Okay. Honestly, like, there's more to them if they do something, right? The collectibles I hate are the ones where they actually have zero purpose. Yeah. Or like audio logs. I'm trying to remember what the other ones are. There's there's Rebel Shrines, which I think unlocks something. I think it's the churches that unlock from the Rebel Shrines. Well, something like that. And then there's stunt jumps, of course. Yeah. Those are actually pointless. Those don't appear to have anything linked to their unlock. It's just like, and it's also just like you drive up this dirt road and then there's just a random concrete ramp off the side of a cliff. It's like, yeah. what is that even meant to be? What would that be if construction was finished? <laughs> Apparently nothing. It's just a ramp. And you just drive off it and fly a million miles and then jump the fuck out. Also, one more thing to bitch about, I guess, is I've been having problems with the controls and I can't decide whether it's worth trying to play it on a controller. Because I really want to be able to aim and stuff really mm. easily, which is why you play it with a mouse. Especially when I'm like tethering things together and stuff. Sure. That's yeah. just way easier with a mouse. But <clears throat> even though I reconfigured, like, you can rebind the key con- keyboard controls per like vehicle type and all that. Oh, okay. So you can have like individual settings yeah. within yeah. vehicles. I've done it like, like Battlefield style, yeah. yeah. But the trouble with it is that even then I'm still, there's a lot of, I, I guess it's just like I haven't got used to it, but there's a lot of controls where I'm still doing the wrong thing. Because like when you're, if say you say you grapple onto a helicopter and you're like, and you're zipping towards it, there's a, normally if you just let it go, you end up in stunt position standing on the bottom of the helicopter upside down, hmm. which is obviously ridiculous. Yeah. But when you're zipping in, initially you zip into the door and then go into stunt position because if you hit E just as you arrive, you can immediately hijack it instead of going into stun position. So, like, that's just how you can hijack it immediately, like, faster. But the trouble with that is that when you're attached to a zip line, the other control that happens when you push E is you go into wingsuit mode. Right. So, what tends to happen is you you push E slightly too early, wingsuit mode will toggle, and the zip line will go, and then you just smack straight into the helicopter like an idiot. <laughs> Which is really unhelpful. It's quite funny. And then the other control I haven't really got the hang of is you have to remember the different buttons for getting out of vehicles. Like when you're in a vehicle, particularly stuff like helicopters, so you press E to get in, obviously, that's fine. But if you press E to get out, you just get out, like you just fall. Right. Right. Which is which isn't very helpful. If you press space, that makes you go into stump position, which is also not maybe helpful when you're trying to get out. <laughs> if you hold space, you go out immediately into parachute, which okay. is probably the one that you might want yeah. to do more often. So I always keep forgetting that, and I, like, I just push E, and then I'm just falling, and that's not actually helpful. <laughs> but then can't you just get your parachute out? Sometimes. I don't know what it is that, like, sometimes if you're injured and falling, it, like, prevents you from grappling or parachuting for a certain amount of time. Well, like if you're in sort of, like, a ragdoll. Mode, yeah, it's it? not exactly even ragdoll. You're just, like, in a curled-up state or something. Mm. I don't know why it does that. It's kind of annoying. Especially if you started it. Yeah, especially if you initiate... Like when you're jumping out of a helicopter by accident and you're like, fuck, I didn't want to do that, I want to parachute, but then you can't for several seconds as you're falling out of the sky. Yeah. Oh, and the other one that always get, that's always got me so far is until you unlock the upgrade, 
you can't land from the wingsuit. Like, if you're flying the wingsuit and you want to stop, you have to hit spacebar to go into the parachute, hit spacebar in, close the parachute, and then you drop to the floor. Oh, weird. Whereas later on, it seems like there's an upgrade you can get for the wingsuit that will let you just hold down a button to stop and then fall, <laughs> which would be much easier. Yeah, you just want to be able to pull up, right? Yeah, go, exactly. You don't seem you don't seem to be just, like you don't seem to be able to toggle the wingsuit off is the trouble without going into the parachute. So yeah, still a bit tricky. I'm still terrible at those wingsuits. In a way, I sort of expect little things like that because there seems to be. You know, when you're dealing with a game with so many possibilities, well, yeah, that is control the, is always going to be the problem. That is the thing about like having these whole three different like ways of travel built on top of each other. Mm. We've got cars at well, vehicles and the parachute and the wingsuit, and yeah. you have to be able to transition between them. And you know, multi multi tether and the tether attract and all that stuff. And it's you're constantly always... tethering between things. Yeah, <laughs> wafting yourself around. It's crazy. To sound like there's a lot going on. But yeah, there's a lot going on in like the way you play it, but maybe not so much in the actual goals. I guess like, it could get more complicated on these later islands. I mean, I don't know what whether there'll be new mechanics to the objectives. You do. You, I have seen. You know, there's been the occasional military, military base where it's like there's also a commander who you have have to kill. Mm. But that's just basically like there's one extra chopper that has a target over it, right. <laughs> or whatever. So maybe there will be slightly more mechanics than just blow everything up. I mean, there are occasional, like, the rebels are sending reinforcements, so you better go and open the gates or turn off the sands. And it's just like, that's... A, it's not really necessary, because you can probably handle the whole thing yourself, and B, it's not that, not that you know, much of an objective. Mm. You just grapple your way over there and hit a button. <laughs> yeah. So we'll see if it gets any more complicated. But even so, you know, it's still pretty fun to just liberate things. It also came up with possibly one of the best uh, phrases I've heard in a while. Like, you know, hey, once you've liberated a town and you want to blow it up again. No, unliberate. No, they call it reoppress. Oh, reoppress. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I haven't got that yet. I think that's just, I think that's an end game thing. Oh, oh, Wait, the after the main story. Oh, maybe, yeah. But I just like that. Like, <laughs> I'm going to reoppress this town so I can blow it up again. <laughs> Oh, and you'll also be glad to know that the intro sequence uses that weird mix of Firestarter. Oh, that's, that's great! That's a great in, track. Actually, in the game, that's a great track. Not just in the in the trailer. I wonder if it was made for the game or if it's just like a licensed remix or something. Yeah. It's, it's cool. It's not much of an intro sequence. It's more like Borderlands, where it's just like, here's the characters. They say a line. Their name appears. Here's the okay. next. <laughs> it just right, does yeah. that for all the main characters while the Firestarter song yeah. plays. And that's that. And then you're standing on top of a plane firing an RPG. Yep. So that's <laughs> there you go. <laughs> that's just cause free. I think I'll be continuing to play Fallout and that at the same time, really, because it's just a matter of whether I want to commit to a a long stealthy thing in Fallout or whether I just need to play some slow shit up real quick. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think I think that's quite a good balance, actually. Like, you need something you can just. You can just drop in and blow stuff up at your leisure, really. Like, whereas Fallout seems to be designed for longer sessions. Well, that's, like, that's why I'm a little bit worried about, like, when we're sitting down to play Metal Gear. Metal Gear is so designed yeah. for, long for longer sessions. sessions, yeah. Um, to the point where I've lost sleep some nights because it's just like oh, I just need to finish this goddamn mission, and it's taking yep. me an hour longer than I thought it would. Yeah. yeah. Um, of course, the problem with both Fallout Four and Just Cause Three is load times are not great. Although that 
probably partially my system. It's not like I've got an SSD or anything, so that's probably not helping. But still, quite long load times. How much RAM do you have these days, Egg? I don't remember. <laughs> I think it's probably eight gigs. That's yeah, not so bad. Because I'm running six, and yeah, eight should be fine. Yeah, it's not normally a problem. Unless, of course, my system does that weird thing where the RAM just fills up over time. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's just a memory leak, though, isn't it? Mm. Well, it's not a memory leak of anything specific, though. That's the trouble with it, as I've discovered. It's like it's not linked to any... Or, well, it's, <laughs> like a, it's a memory leak. It's a memory leak of something... But it doesn't go away when you close everything. It's like it's a permanent memory. Like it's like it's reserved the memory, and even when the program's closed, it hasn't freed it yeah, again. Windows doesn't deal with it properly. It does sound like an OS level problem. That yeah, it's kind of annoying. But no, it's fine. I it hasn't been so bad recently. But I just keep an eye on my widget, and when it gets to like forty percent, I'm like, oh, it's probably time to restart. It's <laughs> mm. <laughs> my solution to that problem. And yeah, so that's that. I'm, Got two ridiculously huge games that are taking up basically that entire partition now. <laughs> God damn it. No, After right. I went to all the trouble to buy an external hard disk to move shit around. I gotta think of a smaller game to play now that I'm done grabbed by the fucking ghoulies. Well, you know what's coming up that we all have to play, including you, Dan. God damn it. Fast Racing Neo. What? <laughs> That's coming up. Don't know if I will. What is it? Dirt Rally's coming out of early access. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, of yeah I, will, I will actually play that. That's true. Yeah, when when that goes one, I'll I'll, yes. I'll get stuck in. Ideally, what uh, what I'm planning is I'm going to set set up a league so we can actually yeah oh cool yeah our times compared directly. Man, the you must be so much is... better than me than by now because uh, oh, we, so, we were pretty really neck neck when I was playing it. <laughs> and then I don't know, Zach's actually really time. properly good at this now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so it'll be interesting to see. But the, I'm, I'm going to suck real bad. I, well, I'm definitely going to be last. The question about that league is what car class do we go for? Because mm. obviously I'm. I've, I see, I've, I've seen all of the them. You've, you seen guys the like, you've seen like the 60s and 70s and maybe yeah. some of the 80s. Really, I haven't yeah. really played past the 70s, so I'm at a significant disadvantage. Well, yeah, you haven't even seen all-wheel drive yet. No. <laughs> so it's like, what do we go for? I'm I think I got about as far as Group B and that was it. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking yeah. probably something like the R4 class, which has the Lancer in. Just as the Lancer. Well, they're all-wheel drive, but they're relatively slow. Like, because mm. the Lancer is quite fat, so all the cars in that class are relatively... That's the one with the Citroen in it as well. Yeah, I think so. It's the Citroen and the Lancer and I think one of the Fords. So, yeah, that might be okay. Like, not too difficult, but, like, quite relatively fast. Relatively modern. <laughs> the problem I have with a game like Dirt Rally is, like, like, finding the time where I can be bothered to get the wheel out. Uh, well, I mean, I know my wheel's right under the yeah, desk, but even so, right it's still there. just like, oh, you know, I've got to set this up, I've got to plug this up. I've got to move the couch into a position so my chair doesn't roll the craft way across the room. Yep. Right. Well, well I'm going to play with a gamepad, yeah. so that might, if you want to compete on a level play field, that might be... Boo. <laughs> 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 yeah, why I do you I use a wheel, like though? Yeah, I've got my... No, I didn't know that. Why do I can't buy those before. Yeah, that's 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 why we haven't done this before 1.8, because they're still midway through updating the physics and therefore the force feedback. I was partially contemplating because in theory I can use my 360 wheel with my wireless dumbbell. Yeah. I was contemplating maybe trying that instead to see if that's better or worse than the Sidewinder. But. Mm. Yeah, we'll have to attempt that. 
And I and and the other advantage of me setting up the league is that I can choose the track specifically, so there won't be any repeats. Theoretically, we could set up a league where we only do each of the long courses for each of the environments <laughs> and just have that be it. Mm. <laughs> Man, those long ones kind of suck though. If something goes wrong real quick. Well, that's the other that's the other question is like, do I turn on no restarts? Yeah. <laughs> do we commit and just have like real rally times? Proper pro. Oh boy, yeah, things would go real bad for me real quick. I tend to start, the problem with me is my stages start real bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like if you get a puncher, it's like, do you commit, like, do you, nowadays you can take the one minute 30 penalty to fix a puncher. But... Oh yeah, I saw that prompt at one point. Yeah. yeah. I don't, I don't think it's ever been worthwhile for me, no. even on the long stages. It's like, I'll probably only lose 45 seconds for having a flat the entire way, because <laughs> yeah. I can handle it more or less. Even if you can't turn left. Yeah. I think one minute 30 is like not sufficiently short for me to do it. I mean, any shorter, it wouldn't be realistic, I guess. Even changing a tire in one minute 30 is a pretty yeah, fucking good job. That's pretty good, yeah. <laughs> What's the best wheel to buy now if you had to buy one? Like, I mean, I don't mean... Tech stuff, yeah. isn't it? Probably one of those. Thrustmaster. Yeah, Logitech or Thrustmaster is one of these. Trouble is, there's mm. so many goddamn versions of those. Oh, yeah. And they get expensive million. real quick if you... Yeah. I think going my, up the chain. I think most right. of them are designed for like PlayStation now, aren't they? Like, yeah. In a weird way. Yeah. But a lot of them are cross compatible. Yeah. Yeah, I think they're the two big players these days. Driving Force GT. Oh no. Yeah, who knows? I know when they when Sony do their Gran Turismo booths, it's always Logitech stuff. Man, yeah. this one's got a clutch on it and pedal. It's got three pedals. Yeah, I think I think GT supports clutches. Well, so does Dirt Rally in theory. No, <laughs> really. If you want to, Dirt Rally supports it all. You can have eight shifters and clutches and Shit. and handbrakes, individual <laughs> handbrakes. That looks pretty cool. I wonder if you can get a shifter for that for the Logitech thing. Probably not. Anyway, great. Oh no, right. you can drive force shifter. There we go. That would be quite fun. <laughs> That'd be quite crazy. stupid. The shifter itself is 45 quid. <laughs> <laughs> yes. These sub-attachments are fairly ridiculous. That's crazy. Was it the uh, the giant bomb mine on racing wheels? It's like, those things are really cool. Don't buy one. Yep, that's their classic. <laughs> Don't buy a racing wheel. Why do they say that? If they're cool? <laughs> I think, it's like I think it was just a, it was just like just a funny joke on, that started when Vinny was getting into the whole flight stick situation. Yeah, it's just their stance on peripherals in general. It's like, those things are cool. Don't buy them. Mm. Yeah. Don't buy racing. It's true. But your ones have lasted for fucking 10 years or longer. I know. Yeah. They're still going. There's still no problem with my sidewinder. Wow. Yeah. Other than the squeaky pedals. Yeah. I've got a proper squeaky pedal problem. But My mm. one has one of the one of the paddle buttons doesn't work very well. But that's okay because um, I never played manual anyway. Yeah, all, all my buttons are fine. <laughs> I, got, I, got, I got, well, yeah, you have a problem with your clasp, I suppose. Well, yeah, technically. That's yeah. only a problem because my, well, and, and I lost a bit, but that was only really a problem because the tables are too thin. Yeah, my, my clasp isn't great either, but it's just about oh. good enough. Oh, this, this um, Logitech one spins around 900 degrees. Yep. Well, that's cool. A lot of, a lot of the modern signals have actual degrees of rotation that's useful. That's crazy. Instead of like, what would you even say the sidewinder's one is? It's like, <laughs> it's, it's, not, it's not a lot. <laughs> it's like, 
like more than just, 90. Over, just over 100 or something yeah. in each direction it's probably like 120 or something yeah yes it's not it's not great but in theory like i don't that, that's not too bad right like maybe a, a little bit more would be nice but... <laughs> well the thing is that you're just it's like if you're used to it it's fine yeah if you don't think about it too much in terms of a real car, like when my oh, dad yeah, tries and does it. Yeah. <laughs> and you're trying to turn it all the way around, then yeah. Yeah. If you're not used Thrashing to the idea that like there's a small... Or like, obviously the way you can set it up in Dirt Rally with like steering linearity or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah, so yeah, you, you can, can configure it to be... I mean, you'd kind of have to muck with that if you had one of these ridiculous like long range... Well, the thing about, steering wheels. The thing about the options in Dirt Rally is that in theory you can actually configure it to the oh, correct to degrees of rotation. Well, there's a, there's a specific option for like if you have a steering wheel that has a high degree of rotation, you can you can have it so that in the it like uses the force feedback or to soft, soft lock. lock. Yeah. So like it like on a per car basis, it uses the actual car's degrees of rotation. Okay, that's cool. Which is fairly ridiculous. Mm. So it's kind of cool. I don't know. That always seems crazy. Wheels are crazy. <laughs> too, too used to the ancient side of it. Yeah. I think with me, I have a sort of weird mental disconnect, like between using a, a wheel for games, like I go about that very differently than if I'm sat behind the wheel of an actual car. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. Right? Like, it's like, I, I, it's a very different thing. Like, you know, I'm used to the super high sensitivity of the wheels on arcade machines or whatever. So it's just like, you know, well, even our arcade machines have like can have quite high degrees of rotation sometimes. Yeah, they can, but even back in the day, like old Sega Rally days or something, you'd just be turning the wheel more to get a tiny amount of steering. Like, but, yeah. But even that, I think, is more sensitive than a car. Yeah, for the right. most part. So yeah, that patch should come out probably this week in theory if they're sticking to their timetable. Their 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 last up the roadbook update on Friday didn't say anything about it, so. Mm. They just said, we're continuing to work on it. We'll tell you more news soon. Yeah. But their schedule says the 15th, so they, yeah, might, they might make it. And then we'll see what's And is it will actually be version one, or are they just going to call it like... We're not quite done. We're not happy yet. Let's go to 9.5. I think they're committed to it being version one, even though there's still potential for post-updates. Sure, just to get it out of early access or something. Yeah. And Sweden. And Sweden. We'll see what the snow's like. Yeah, but yeah, that's the thing, though, isn't it? Because Sweden like leads lends itself to there being lots of updates afterwards because of the whole soft verge thing that we've talked about before. And, yeah, they wanted yeah. to put that into Monaco, but they're not going to be able to do it this time. Monaco, especially, is is the one where they said it's that snow. probably will happen, assuming we can backport it into the Monaco stages. Right. Yeah. Maybe not so much on the other ones with the gravel verges, which is what I wanted them to yeah, sort of fix a bit, just a little bit. <laughs> I just want the whole thing. The whole game feels too bumpy to me now. I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see what they do after release, as it stands. Let's get peached. Yep, let's get peached. Right. Thanks for joining us, guys, for another Salacast. <laughs> and uh, we'll catch you next time for, well, we're getting close to the Christmas times and the uh, inevitable game of the year. Boy, we ran long today. <laughs> yep, we sure did. <laughs> yeah, that's because, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. We got one more before then, right? Before Probably. Uh, depending yeah, on when we decide. Two, we, can do, we can do game of the year wherever we want. It's really fun. <laughs> so we'll catch you for that soon. Stay tuned. And you know, there's, probably... there's advantages, advantages to us doing it late. <laughs>
right? Because that means like after time. The, the Crimbo period gives us a chance to catch up on a few yeah. games. The Crimbo period potentially endows us with more games. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. Indeed. <laughs> so stay tuned for all that. There's probably some videos going up for all I know. <laughs> yep, there is. And uh, I think the next one's going to be part two of Final Fantasy VIII. Right. Cool. Uh, it doesn't have me in it, so it's probably better. Okay. (laughs) I don't know about that. (laughs) Catch you next time. Bye.